Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk turned traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome back to another episode of Mother May I Sleep With Podcast. Guys, today we have return guest Rachel Fisher. We're doing the Stalker Club, which is such a fun romp. But Rachel and I were just catching up at the beginning of this. And I said, we got to start recording because we both lost, I would say, our figurehead pets at the around the yep. same time last year. Yeah. And both of, both of these pets... Both of both of these pets were the mascots of our podcasts as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, but then we both came into something, and I didn't know this about you. Large senior male cats. Yep. That, I think for some reason. Healing. Yeah. And you know, Melon who's my large adult cat that I adopted from the shelter I volunteer at. He was so like, I was like, he, I just adopted him like a month after Romy died and he couldn't be more different personality wise from Romy. It was like, just so unexpected. He just came into my life. I mean, he's a sweetie pie. He's definitely a big bruiser cat, you know? Yeah. Like ex football player. For sure, ex-football player, like he's he's rough and tough. He's not a pretty boy. He's like, I mean, he's my adorable baby marshmallow, but he's still a big bruiser. Okay, so Blue is a 12-year-old senior that I got right when quarantine started, basically. And he was like, definitely not what I was looking for, but wound up being like exactly what I needed. This boy is 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. He That's is like melon. a foot and a half long. He is so long. He is just he's gigantic. And then Pigeon looks so dainty next to him, even though she's getting kind of chubs, too, because I can't help it. Like, they're so cute. Right. Like when they want a treat, I'm like, what am I going to do? Not give you a treat? Oh, believe me, we're all emotional eaters in this household. We all eat when we want to eat. Yeah. And I just don't know how, like, you can't discipline them. Like, what am I going to do? Just starve them? No, my cats are my melon is gigantic. He's not like you wouldn't look at him and go like, oh, that's a fat cat. You would look at him and say that is a large cat. Like he is fucking large. Exactly. That's how I feel about blue is I feel like he's very athletic. Um, he, yes. Like, wears it like a retired linebacker. Like it's yep. just sort of like extra weight on his large frame um plus Mm -hmm. i feel like when you get a 12 year old cat and he's on the chub side uh it's not your fault yeah i mean they like to eat yeah but no pigeon's so cute she's a handful she's like i think getting into her teenage years now but dude four kittens at the same time that's um a test of your of your spirit it was a lot and you know now i just now i have like 
I, I had for a while, it was like for a, for a minute, it was four foster kittens and melon. Then it was two foster teenage kittens and melon. And now it's the two foster kittens who are teenagers now. They're under a year, melon and my new kitten, Masha, who is almost four months old. So she is the handful. She is like is she the Sphinx. Yes. Okay. She is a ball of energy and she will chew through anything. Everything is a toy to her. I have to like hide my headphones because I don't use ear, ear uh, AirPods. Like I need the wires. Yeah. And I need like the little earbuds that are comfortable. So I don't right. use AirPods. So she'll just like munch on my like if I don't put them up on like a shelf she can't get to like they're destroyed. I've had to keep like a series of Tupperwares. There's like a little Tupperware in every room. Yeah. Because like headphones are something that like, sorry, like I'm not Mark Zuckerberg. Like I right. cannot just keep like a little pouch in my fucking back pant pocket. Right. That I can roll my things up. No, I'm just like, here, I'm going to put in this fucking Tupperware. I'm going to seal it when I'm washing my face. Right. And when I go into my, you know, when I go into my bedroom and I take off my headphones, it's going on to a tiny Tupperware that I had on my nightstand. I have to yeah. I have to Tupperware them. Right. No, I mean, I have to do the same thing. And they wake me up like I am not a morning person, but I've been getting up at like 6 a.m. every morning because these four cats will stand on top of me until I get up and feed them every morning. I'm bullied by them. Yeah, who I love to death and I would do anything for them. I but I but they they bully me daily. They bully you all day. No, I know. I get woken up 4:30 in the morning. Hello. It's time yeah. to fuck around and hang out. It's time right. to eat. I'm starving. I haven't eaten right. since yesterday. I'm going to fucking die. Plus like they both have they're so uniquely annoying. Like Blue has this like old opera singer, just sort of like it's so funky. His meow, it's right. so funky. Pigeon, it's so sad too because it's like her purest expression of happiness. She's so small that when she purrs, right. it like physically hurts me sometimes because it's so right. animated. And I'm like, I love you so much. And what I feel so bad about is I'm like the tired mom that can't appreciate how fucking cute you are. So I'm just trying to pay these bills and you keep yeah. fucking with me when I'm sleeping. Oh my God. Yeah. I mean, look, I'm already a napper, but now it's like required nap time. I know I do love, nap I can time. go back to sleep right now in my bed, which is fantastic. I've never been able to do that. Um, okay. Yeah. You know what? I really don't have time for being in a fucking stalker club. You guys. All right. This stressed me out so bad rach this movie was um i guess i would call it like i know what you did 20 summers ago like it would be like if jennifer yes. love hewitt and all the gang got back together and made a movie about their teenagers going through something like this except like the shitty lifetime version i feel like wes craven's presence was very much felt here this was one of the most derivative lifetime movies I've ever seen, which is saying something. It wanted to be Scream slash I Know What You Did Last Summer so badly, but obviously none of the cachet, none of the budget. 
none of the, uh, you know, writing nothing. It had none of that. It was a husk of both of those ideas crammed into this lifetime movie. I have so many thoughts. Yeah, but this is like Mormon scream, babe. Like, you know, it really that- was Mormon scream because like they don't have scream if you're a Mormon, like that's not available to you, but you probably do have right. lifetime movie network and you're going to get the stalker club. Uh, Yeah, you're right. I mean, derivative is a really good way to put it. And also a lot of perspective that I needed to hear because I forget as someone who does these movies all the time and I'm like searching for it. I'm like, why does this bother me? Oh, Molly, because it's like a facsimile of a fucking movie. That's why. Okay, so you open up on this like scary white mask guy. We're going to call him the stalker, uh, I guess. Okay, so it's 1987. Something that bothers me so much. I know it's lifetime and they don't have the biggest budget, but the period costumes in these movies are always like so comically bad. Like I feel like they oh, could try Rachel. they could try a little harder. Oh, that is, you know, that is like number one on my notes. Like, first of all, this is not a house that would ever exist in 1987. The interior no. of it is like OC McMansion, like, yep. like straight out of the class. early 2000s. Yeah, right. It's it's not there's nothing that would suggest anything about the decor in the house. Everything looks like way too like it still looks dated, but not in a 1987 way. It doesn't right. look no, period piece. Like, even the comforter like they didn't manufacture bed comforters like that at the time. No, no, not at all. It's like, where's the Laura Ashley? No, it very much looks like in my notes, I wrote like it looked like if you were to go to an 80s costume now, but like your mom didn't want to be fully honest with you about what people wore in the 80s. So you went. Well, it's like it's like every college kid's idea of like his costume party should look like. Right. Like nobody really knows what they're talking about where it's like, oh, 80s. So I'm just going to wear whatever is neon. And it doesn't really matter if it's actually looks 80s or not. One thing they did pay attention to here, and I appreciated it because it would have just sent me over the fucking top, was that they have her on a old school. Like house phone, wireless phone, you got to be on the wireless, baby, by the way, you have to be. It implied like a different level of wealth than the home suggested because like, I guess the house, I don't know, I guess maybe in the 80s that would have been nice, but I feel like the way they had it, it looked like um, it didn't have the grandeur of like most of those McMansion type homes. Yeah. It's like a developer who started out with like the guys who gentrified everything. He was like, I'm going to go off and make homes just like this in a- right slightly less great area code okay so she's putting on this sweater because she's getting ready to leave um and she gets another call and this time it's just heavy breathing so she tells the person to fuck off and then she hears loud crashing noises downstairs and she gets up and calls out luke anna if you guys are trying to freak me out it's not working (laughs) so she turns back and then runs into the stalker and she's like really is this it do i pull your mask off or something And the stalker comes closer and closer to her. She starts to back away slowly. And right as she's about to rip off the mask, her kitten heel, so bad. Okay, first of all, 
just to go back on the fact that this looked like a high school play, those were straight up character shoes that you literally wear in a play. It was unbelievable. The the like shout out to those shoes was unbelievable because like they chose them. Again, this always bothers me. Nobody like, was wearing shoe. No one wore wore those shoes that with the Mary Jane strap. Like that was like Get not the in the 80s, not no. in the 80s. Like this is um no, and like they do this, they always take the moment. Like, this is the shoe that literally got a bunch of people off of a murder charge. Right. And they don't choose a special shoe. It's sh- that should have that was a major prop. And I feel like this was a failure. Look, I'm not gonna blame the prop department because I know they didn't have the budget, but I am this is one thing I am a total stickler for, and it's period accurate as as much as possible clothing. I feel like you could have found something better at Goodwill. Can you imagine like in the Sex in the City reboot if like Samantha, if that was her death, like she tripped off of her shoe, oh my and God, broke and she died, what the shoe would look like? what Patricia Field would go out and get. She would get something very special because oh, that shoe be is a character. It would be out of control. The shoe yeah. that killed Samantha Jones. Okay. So the stalker, yeah, kills her. All right. 30 years later, we've got Mark, C, Chloe, Darren, and Ashley. This is the new popular stalker club. They don't know it yet, though. The way they introduce them with the, the different, Names the title cards the yes it felt a little like oh am i about to watch like an a24 movie that like sort of like gets it like is this going to be like a commentary on these type of movies we grew up with the the use of the title cards to introduce the characters felt very tonally different from the rest of the movie it's like they they were trying to make this something cooler than it actually was they should have scrapped this idea. I don't need to, we don't like, yeah, because nowhere else in the movie was there any kind of like title card like this. No, but like they can't get like a banger, right? Like they can't get like a great no. song. So they've got to hook the Mormons right. and make them feel like, oh, right. this is sexy. We're going to do like a sexy. And by the way, like I don't mean Mormons. Like you can also be Amish and be surprised by this. Like I don't want to just single out Mormons. <laughs> um, but like, okay, so let's go to the group. Mark is basically like uh AC Slater, but allergic to a lot of things. Wait, you're crackling again. Sorry. No, don't be sorry. Uh, how about now? Okay, that's good. That's good. Okay. So Mark is basically like um AC Slater, but allergic to things. Right. And then we've got Sadie, who is Ellie from Degrassi. Yep. Redheaded goth cuts, which they are horrible about in this movie. Oh, I agree. I have some thoughts. I almost think that like, they were going for like camp with this intro. <sighs> I I can't with this intro of them. And then they have... Ashley, who's like not really in the in crowd, but she's way prettier than all of them. And she's only there because the boy she's like dating one of them. Yeah, Dan. Ashley is 29. Um oh, they're for sure. all like they're all like 
weirdly inappropriately aged, by the way, especially considering like Darren's supposed to be the only senior. But no, Ashley's so much prettier than all of them. And the big buy in this whole thing is that it's supposed to be Meredith, this girl who's her best friend, who is a total like Liberty Van Zant copy and paste sort of thing. DeGrasse, just like she is that like very proper nerdy friend that like anyone would be lucky to have. And most people aren't smart enough to realize they have. And yeah, yeah. I just do not believe there's a world in which Ashley and Meredith were like primary friends. And Ashley just treated her like garbage the whole movie. She just like, it's like, I wouldn't believe that they were friends except for the fact that she kept saying we're best friends over and over again. But where's the evidence? There was no evidence of that, that they were friends. No, I know. The only evidence is that apparently, you know, Ashley likes her mom's casserole. Also a really baffling thing she was like my mom's like imagine if you had a friend and their mom like made a casserole for you when you came over well i mean i think it's more like she was over so much that she developed a favorite of this very intimate cooking style like to love someone's casserole is to know them inside and out you have to really trust someone to eat a stranger's casserole probably again i think this is mormon culture I yeah, I mean, look, I didn't grow up with casseroles. I'm from San Francisco. We don't really do a lot right. of casseroles there, but I know I know in the Midwest, at least they have hot dish. Right. So this popular gang we just met, we should note, by the way, though, that the main cunt is Chloe. She's the Bratz doll yes. of the group. Mm-hmm. Very um, underwhelming in terms of like how far you can go as the group bitch. Uh, yeah, this was pretty tame. I, I feel like I feel like the stakes in this movie, c- considering it was a movie about teens getting murdered, the stakes were seemingly they seemed very low. Like, I feel like. I don't know, I guess we'll get into that more when we talk about like the whole stalker club and the game and stuff, which was just like really pathetic. For but, sure. Yeah, as of. As a villain, she didn't seem like she wasn't that over the top. Like, I feel like if you're going to make a movie like this, you have to make the villain camp and over the top. And she has to be a real bitch like, uh, you know, Taylor Vaughn in She's All That. I just think they don't want to, like, elevate wardrobe or something. Like, I always feel like that's what's holding them back is they don't want to elevate wardrobe because if, like, they put a bunch of if they put the resources behind one character to make the character really thrive, then it's going to just be so obvious that, you know, like that's a different discussion with Ashley's agent. And you know what? I know where the budget to this movie went. I'll tell you where it went. And it went to the makeup for the kid who's allergic to bees. Dude. This is my second anaphylactic shock in like literally two months for this podcast. And I'm telling you, I thought the first movie had great makeup. Like I was like, wow, this is incredible. This guy looks like he did that filter everyone's doing on Instagram. That's the like the face. Yeah, it's like the Lisa Rinna, Michael Jackson filter. It's like mm-hmm. this is what that guy looks like. He, it was it was unbelievable what they did here. Yeah. Uh, and that's the that's what makes me feel like they're trying to have these like sort of West Craven comedy moments because there are kind of comedy moments. So 
Anyway, listen, the gang all hangs out after school watching this lizard horror movie, and they're all very entranced by it. But Sophie is visibly nervous and rocking back and forth. And Mark sneaks up behind them and they're all like, oh, my God, why would you do that? And he's like, I can't believe you're like getting all worked up by people getting stalked by lizards. Right. So Darren's like, oh, well, yeah, my old school, I knew a girl who was stalked. She got a restraining order and it seemed to go away. But once you got to college, you killed her. Sophie's like, oh, yeah, no, I know that story. Uh, She was he was waiting outside of the school. Right. And then we hear, no, he was hanging out in the backseat of her car. And Chloe's fucking wine mom has rolled mm. up on them. And Chloe like hates her mom. Yeah. Super, super visibly. Yeah. But I love that they all I mean, I don't think this was a feature in my life, if I'm being honest. The wine mom. I don't think there was someone that like when their mom entered, we were all like, oh, here comes the show. No, I I, I didn't have that either. I mean, I had the moms growing up who would let us drink in the house and were like the fun mom, but nobody had the mom where we were all like your mom sucks or your mom's a bitch or everyone rolls their eyes. And maybe you did that like privately, but not like to their face, but everyone visibly hates this mom. Like, I feel like there were moms that I knew that drank at 3 PM uh, and were crashing our like, lizard movie party but like they also were kind of more secretive about it she's very much like hi kids i'm drunk um so she goes just goes to show you have no idea who you're dating or marrying for that matter um and this like that has nothing to do with the high school girl that's being stalked she's just randomly bringing up her marriage like can't control herself so chloe doesn't appreciate the digs at her dad and everyone decides it's time to go then chloe's mom stops and goes ashley i haven't seen you in a long time And Chloe goes, oh, Ashley's just Darren's new flavor of the week. So she's here by default. I feel like this is something that writers get really wrong about the way high school kids talk to each other because high school kids can be are assholes. You know, they can be assholes to each other, but not in that direct to your face saying it out loud like that. Oh, 100 percent. Like you wouldn't just Yeah, like it is way more of a, you know, emotional terrorism, backstabbing, manipulative kind of uh, torment that high school kids participate in. It is not straight to your face. You're only here because my and you would never do it in front of a parental figure either. If you did say that, that would be made clear in such a more painful way. Like, yeah. Life would be so simple if people just said it like that. Like so, you wouldn't you wouldn't get to that statement until the boiling point. That no, is- no, no. That's 100 percent behind the back. Like that's how you explain to your like friend in a different city that you keep in touch with who you talk yeah. shit about all your local friends with. That's how you would explain it to her. But um, no, to do it in front of the mom is totally disrespectful. And it only it just made me think that like there must be some sort of established like pick me culture at Chloe's house. Yeah. I think Chloe is probably like behind the scenes that we don't see is she's like vying for attention from her dad. 
but the mom sucks up all the energy in the room at all times. And that's why Chloe is the way she is. That's why she's such a bitch is because she's trying to like, she's screaming for attention from both her parents, but the mom, because of her day drinking and her general alcoholism, just like hogs all the attention all the time. Oh, that's like so scary that like actually just chilled me to the bone thinking, especially about her Facebook behavior. Oh yeah, totally. This movie didn't have time to like, include that but you know her facebook behavior is insane like yeah. she'll she'll buy something from like someone's lulu row live show or like lula row live show on mm-hmm. facebook but then it will come with a rip in it and she'll just like wreak havoc on that entire community mm-hmm. yeah you don't know how to handle the loss okay so um you know Ashley gets in her car and before she pulls off, she gets a sense that something might be in the backseat. So she turns and looks, but nothing. So this is like sort of the beginning of them establishing that they are going to use the music to just mentally abuse you throughout the entirety of this film. Yes. Try their best anyway. They're establishing this is a horror movie. That's what they're establishing here. It's also a little it's a comedy horror movie. Um. When she gets home, though, there's an unpleasant surprise waiting for her. Mom's banging a new dude, 5'10 to 6'24. I did not say that. Hey, Ashley. I didn't think you were coming home till later. Yeah, I guess not. Uh, Ashley, this is Trevor. Ashley, it's nice to meet you. Sure. Got a lot of homework to do. Wow. Sorry. No, 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 no. Don't worry about it. It's okay. I'll catch up with you later. Bye. Look, I was going to tell you, but Trevor just stopped by unexpectedly. So what? Is he like your boyfriend now? No. We've just been out a few times. That's all. Well, I guess he doesn't know what day it is because it would be really insensitive of him to just drop by. Unless, of course, you forgot. It's been two years to the day and it doesn't seem like you care. Mm -hmm. Ashley, you know that's not fair. Because I would never forget the day your father died, ever. All right. Total bitch. Forgot or not? Huh? Did she forget or no? <sighs> I think she forgot. It's how many? It's been two years. I don't know. I think she's so like dickmatized by her new boyfriend, Trevor. Right. They definitely treat like someone's father or husband dying as like the same as like you guys have been broken up. Like it's like as if she's not over a like three year relationship in two years. Yeah. The mom is not as as understanding and as nurturing towards Ashley losing her father in a traumatic accident as she should be. She's very right. much like the get it. Why aren't you over it mindset? And she's still like in high school. So it's not like she's like 25 and like just wreaking havoc on this family. She right. is in high school. She's confused about her mom dating, especially on the anniversary of her dad dying. She comes home from this weird party where she just basically got called like, you know, a, like a, just a, a pump and dump dog. 
Yeah. You no. Know? And then she comes home. Her mom's banging this guy because I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to go ahead and say it. Banging. Banging. Daytime banging. And like he's um, attractive to me now at, in like my mid 30s. But as a child, I would have thought this man was disgusting. I mean, he looks like a grown up that your mom is banging. He looks like a grown up. Yeah, he has like a whole ass grown up face. So, right. Um, yeah, you know, she said, okay, can we also talk really quickly about the fact that Karen, the mom, her name is Karen, which always, right. I hate that in these movies now. Cause like we've ruined it. Yeah. You can't just be an honest American named Karen anymore. No, it's totally ruined forever. So she, uh, you know, has this house that they're living in and it's clearly an Airbnb or something that they rented for the week to film this movie. For sure. It's but a, it's, it's uh, way it, it is I mean they must have gotten an insane settlement from the dad dying because that house is nice. Or you know like she they had it beforehand because she is a nurse whatever we don't know where they live in the world. But it's got this white subway tile backsplash. They've got like woods and they've got like burlap like there's like a party banner made of burlap that's hanging across and listen this is all fine if that's your style there's just no way that this is karen's style like i do not believe this character has this style the house is sort of like a pinterest gender reveal location it's honestly it's like what's turnkey on zillow is like yeah. when you go on Zillow and this shit that's like, oh, check out this one. It's all it's exactly this house. Right. So, yeah, but I guess the dad was a prominent businessman. So who knows where their money came from? But it is a nice ass house. I think the exterior of the house definitely is giving me like suburban horror movie vibes in terms of like you just can't believe that like some people just like grew up in like really big houses in the suburbs like that. Right. So wait, now this is where we get into some good shit. As she goes up to her room, she notices a little framed photo she has of her mom and her dad and her on her desk. Um, this is important. Her, uh, she FaceTimes with her friend Meredith and Meredith wanted to check in on her because she knows this day is hard for her. And, like all that angst Ashley just had downstairs. She's like, no, I'm fine. It's fine. And Mara's like, well, so what are your plans for the weekend? Ashley gives this like weird text and obviously she has to go. Even Meredith's like, girl, what's going on? So yeah, it's from Dare at Five Evils. And it says invites you to join Stalker Club from an unknown number. Immediately delete that message. You get that message, you immediately delete it because it's it's a phishing scam. Right. Right. I have a hard time with that because I well, like, no, I should be better about it. I don't like to delete stuff like that because I'm like or block numbers. because I'm like, what if that number is important someday? Right. But if it's a link, if it's some random link somewhere that you get from an anonymous number. No, you don't click on that. Like if you're. Like a young teenager in today's era or whatever you're like our age like we know we're internet literate enough to know that you don't just like click on a random link that you get sent no i got like a a link the other day that was like hey mark like your <laughs> movers found a blanket in their truck that belongs to you 
And I was like, oh, my God, they think I'm like normal. Like they think that I'm like a right. guy named Mark who just moved and maybe left a blanket somewhere. Like, that's crazy that they think that about me. Yeah. But like, it's like those it's like those DMs that you get on Instagram sometimes that are like, hey, come join my private chat room. And it has like a link. You don't. Oh, click yeah. On that. No, you dude, just- those those are the worst. I feel so bad, too, because like. I always imagine some elaborate situation where like some guys being held hostage and like forced to message all these people. It's definitely not what's happening. But like in my mind, I'm like, oh, God, I feel so bad for this guy that he's like forced to scam people on Instagram. Well, I mean, you have to watch these Lifetime movies all the time. Of course, that would be your first thought. Right. And like, no one could ever do this with totally wrong intentions. So, okay. Rest of the gang got the same message. She's not the only one. So they have no idea who sent it, but Chloe blames Mark for mentioning stalking in the first place. And Sadie's clearly like not into it. She's like, guys, we're, we're going to have nothing to do with this. Right. She's very much like a scared little bird. I don't like the way they depict Sadie at all throughout this whole thing. It actually makes me so fucking sad. Yeah. Um, Darren says he has to go to his college orientation seminar, and apparently he's the only one that's graduating. So we're learning that, like, Darren's a senior that I guess is friends with Mark through sports, and these are what, juniors? I guess so. Dark. So we cut to Ashley's science class with Miss Glenner, and she, Mark, Meredith, uh, Chloe, they're all in this class together. 802-901. So I told you all when I first started teaching here at the beginning of the year that this was going to be part of my curriculum. So start with your scalpel, and if you need to, you've all been given a pair of scissors. Yes, Sadie? I have a note from my doctor that says I can't do this. Fine. You can go to the library, but you still need to present your project. That's fine. Kyle, your partner's not here. Why don't you team up with Ashley and Meredith? Great, your biggest fan. Uh. All right, everyone, pull out your worksheets. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's enough. Turn to page six. Um, Pigeon is grooming blue. Unbelievable sight. Um, okay, girls. So basically, yeah, they're establishing the scream moment, right? There's lots of laughing, blah, blah, blah. Can we talk about the fact that these guys are juniors and they're dissecting frogs? I feel like we were on at least fetal pigs by junior year. I never dissected anything except for I think we did a cow eye. In like oh yeah, the ca- classic cow eye, classic. Yeah, but like um, I, I've never dissected a frog in my life before. I didn't even know that was something they still did in school outside of a movie. No, I think it's something they still do. I mean, there was definitely when I was in high school. I think in like two thousand, probably two thousand, when we dissected fetal pigs, there were people that were suddenly vegan that dipped out but they did have to make up for it in some way um i don't know if i'm supposed to be laughing at this character kyle 
that oh my god so- i was i laughed at him kyle this character is so baffling to me because he is like a red herring the the entire time i kept waiting for his what the fuck his purpose was gonna be and it never happened we never got that answer but like, like what is it a red herring if like it's a, a completely unsuccessful red herring like it is very no. it is very scream and that it's like oh here's just this extra character like no one ever thought jamie kennedy was ever going to kill anyone in scream but like he was just like sort of an extra guy around he was in the main group though like he just was so inconsequential all he ever did was annoy people that's all he ever did like he didn't provide he didn't service anything he didn't reveal any exposition he didn't do jack shit he just showed up he was in class and everyone was like fuck off kyle well rachel i'm gonna tell you something i thought he was fine as fuck i he was better looking than any of the guys in the stalker club and they were so mean to him dash dabrowski is his name i do have a crush on him he has no picture on imdb which is something that is like i'm sorry are you a writer first and foremost like what's going on why don't you have a picture that's really weird but he was on the mick oh that's a show uh yeah i mean the the guy's been working i think he's a dreamboat I, I had no no lulls about Kyle, but someone put a fucking frog in Meredith's, Meredith's binder. I don't know. We'll never find out who did that. Right. But anyway, which, by the way, does feel like a hate crime because she's also like one of the only POC in this entire fucking movie. Everyone's so mean to Meredith. Yeah, I she because she's like the Liberty Van Zandt. It's like not only is she one of the only like prolific characters in the movie where she's like showing up and doing a lot of stuff, but she's like the only black one and she's an outsider and like, it just feels weird. Yeah. There's like a lot of really aggressive, just animosity towards her, including her best, her alleged best friend, who's just a total bitch to her. Right. It's like they it's like this this uh popular girl. I mean, Chloe has been a bitch their whole lives, and that's Meredith's whole point. So yeah. um yeah, basically uh at lunch, Chloe has this like, you know, change of heart and she wants to do the stalker club and she maintains she didn't send the text, but she's heard of it before, you know, like around. So yeah. Mark's in, Mark's like, you know, Sadie's too scared to even cut open a little froggy. So she's probably not interested. And Chloe's like, well, that's surprising considering. And then we cut to like a close up of Chloe's arms, which are covered in cutting scars. And she's very quick to cover them. And like, this is again where I feel like this feels like a scream knockoff to me because like cutting is actually like serious. And I feel like everyone knew that even back when this was made. Of course, this was three years old, this movie or four years old. So you don't just like pop scars up on the screen as like a bit, really, because like they're also it's just it's tonally it's very off. So like I feel like they were trying to make something happen here. But like that's when it delves into the like, that's why you're not Wes Craven. That's why you're writing not another scary movie. Twelve. They can't they couldn't handle this moment because you can make this moment camp and uh comical and to serve a higher purpose but 
it fell so flat that it just came off as like offensive to people who are cutters. Yeah, no, totally. It will totally because it was like a cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. It's like you're just being a bitch at this at your friend who Sadie made no sense in the friend group whatsoever. I don't know how she wound up there. She was so unlike anyone else in that group. She was very sweet and soft spoken and they portrayed her as like this goth outsider girl, but she's in the most popular click in the school. It just made no sense to me why she was there. If they're going to portray her as this like very stereotypical right. goth like, girl. And it's like there it's like they even did the trope of like, oh, all the goth kids self-harmed, which isn't true at all. And right. people, people self-harm. A lot of people self-harm who aren't like, quote unquote, goth or whatever. Well, like, because Katie also was a little bit in drag with, like, her goth costuming. Like, it did not seem natural to the actress at all. Yeah. She just had dark hair. Like, it very much seemed like she was LARPing. And they didn't um, go far enough with it. No. And so that part, like, when it feels so underdeveloped like that, that feels like less lifetime to me and more like whatever production made this movie thinking like, oh, it's funnier to leave it underdeveloped because any actress could have found some nuance there. Yeah, it was dumb. I just didn't know why she was there in that friend group. She didn't seem to like any of those people at all. They didn't seem to like her. They were really rude. Yeah, like how did she come in is my question because like obviously like she I would think that she would probably be closer friends with Meredith in real life. Yeah, because her and Meredith both seem to have souls like they seemed like empathetic people so sadie's like no 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 i'll do it it's a game like candy crush no it's not why like hello like i actually now that actually made me really worry about her because why would she ever think this is like candy crush it's not it's not in the app store bitch no so mark's like no it's way better than that we'll be living it so like he thinks it's like an escape room. They don't even know what it is at this point. They all just got spammed some weird link from a fake email account. They don't even fucking know what it is. Like whoever is sending them this is just banking on the fact that these are all morons that will click on this link thinking that this is a valuable use of their time. Like go smoke some pot, go get drunk. Why are you wasting your time with this? Mm. I think they're supposed to be like juniors. Like, isn't your junior year like your hardest year of high school? Like, why would you ever invite? Don't you have like extracurriculars and like things to do? Why would you ever invite this into your life? Right. I mean, nothing comes from it. No. And I know for me as a junior, I was not doing schoolwork, but I was very busy at parties and getting drunk after school. I was busy. I was a busy woman my junior year. No, that's what I mean. Like you're either getting into shit like that or like you're going the main course of action. I've never met a 16 year old that's like, I don't know, I'll just fucking I guess get into a cult, I guess, or something. Yeah. So um, yeah, you know. Chloe doesn't think that Ashley's willing to let out her inner bad girl enough to do something like this. And Ashley's like, yeah, I'll join. And then that means, of course, Darren's in too. So so they all take out their phones and they click the link that they were texted on the count of three. Now, I felt that 
Ashley clicked after she said three and not on three. Did you notice that? I didn't notice that. I think I was writing in my phone. I was taking notes when that happened, but that makes sense that she would like wait pussy out and wait for everyone it, else. That's to what it in. felt like. That's what it felt like to me. It wasn't that like, oh, that that makes sense that she thought that she should press after. It felt like everyone else pressed on three and she did a beat after because she's a little bitch. Ashley needs to grow a backbone with this crew. Like, I just what point do they serve her? Not right. None. They're not good. They're be not in good a friends. Gang, dude. Right. Can we talk about like they get the rules for this game? And it is this is like a game you play on the playground at on like during recess when you're in third grade. I can't believe that any 16 or 17 year old, God forbid, like you're 18 years old, like Darren, would be like, this sounds like a valuable use of my time. This sounds fun. There's not even any like monetary reward for playing the game that I feel like they should have at least added some kind of like tangible reward for well, playing like, the it. The worst part is that they're fucking hot. Like all of them are hot. Yeah. Like, you don't have to do this. Like you guys can go do anything else. Like think about all the things that they could be getting up to. If you could like go back to your teenage years, and, like you're like, I really want to get into some shit. Like how can I like fuck shit up while I look like I'm a fucking 10. Right. I'd go back and do things totally differently. The last thing I would do is be signing up for a stalker club. It's so stupid. There is no, the payoff to play this game it's like unbelievably not worth it and and chloe even says as much she's like uh you get like the glory of not being called a chicken right so okay so basically the way this works is that uh you have to put all the names into a hat everyone has to pull a piece of paper chloe's explaining this she's the queen bee then um, once you find out, one of you is going to be the stalker. It's like a game of mafia, right? Except right. or like, uh, honestly, college kids would have made this about drinking. Yes. Okay. So she's like, you know, if you unmask the stalker and you're right, you win. If not, you're out. You win the right to not be called a chicken for the rest of your life. That's a dig to Sophie. Yep. Which, by the way, I don't think Sophie would care about being called a chicken when we really talk about like how in the grand scheme of like what moves Sophie, I don't think that being called a chicken is on the list. No, I'm Sadie. You mean, right? Sadie, whatever. Sadie, I mean, same thing. But Sadie clearly is going to an art school in the fall or the next year or whatever. Like she has bigger and better plans. She's not going to stay in this small town She's not going to give a fuck about being called a chicken one time by this total bitch named Chloe. Yeah. It's such a waste, such a waste of life, man. It's such a waste. I, I just, I just, I could not, like, I feel like that's where the writers really got me is like the stakes were not high enough. 
They could have even gone with the angle of if you don't play this game, I have access to your nudes and I will send them to the entire school. Like that's something I would believe. Oh, they're being forced to play this game. Totally, totally. So like it's it's all basically just like a word oath. Like Chloe's like, yeah, you know, as soon as you join Stalker Club, before you open your slip of paper, you can't tell anyone about it. And then from then on, these people, it's like the mafia. They really take that to heart. They take that so fucking seriously. They really think that if they tell someone about it, that they're going to get murdered. That's the type of sincerity that you save for your college admission essay. You know yeah. what I mean? Or yeah. for like the judge. Like you don't do that for Chloe because she wants to do a stalker club. So, um, you know, Ashley opens her. She finds out she's a victim. So that night she's sleeping and someone is banging on the door downstairs and she makes her way downstairs and walks slowly to the door. But no one's there when she opens it. So no one opens it. And then she notices there's a car out front of like with the interior lights on. I think it's supposed to be her car. Right. Yeah. yeah. So she runs out and she turns off the light and then we get a little jump scare because the stalker's mask is propped up on the driver's side seat. So then she gets a notification on her phone that says love the red t-shirt it's not red it's actually orange yeah i was even gonna say maybe even more of like a raspberry first like it was not at all what i would call red Uh, i agree um that's an interesting mistake actually maybe we can explore that more down the road then we get this like long scene of the stalker walking toward the house, Ashley going to like open the front door. Uh, and then at the last moment when she opens the door, the stalker disappears and it's her mom. Which yeah, is that like was the weird. Only, that was the only like surreal moment in the movie, I would say. The mom just appears and she like doesn't immediately walk into her own home. She just like is hanging outside like hey Ashley what's going on I know uh and she's like why are you awake she's like I just had a nightmare when she's like well let's have some ice cream right because that's that is a fun single mom kind of thing I feel like Karen is I'm very team Karen I like Karen Karen was fine Karen I liked Karen more than her daughter even though she was she was a bitch to her about her not getting over the dad Karen made some very weird choices, but I was willing to go along with her for the ride. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, in these movies, you always, this is for like the moms at home to be like, yeah, my daughter is a little shit. And for the daughters to be like, yeah, you know, like I should listen to my mom. Like when she's telling me to like put on my Mormon underwear before church or whatever, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Darren asks Ashley if she got a mask last night. Uh, apparently they all did. And he thinks that Chloe's behind all of it. So now we're going to the presentation portion of the frog segment in science class. And Meredith is giving her presentation on the poison dart frog. Okay. This is a dart frog for some. Why, why would they do that? I don't think that that's what the frog thing was about. I don't think you like. and then talked about frogs Uh, no it was about anatomy yeah it's like the circulatory system and shit like that right you're not like getting shipped exotic frogs from across the world to a little rinky dink school somewhere 
No, it's insane. It, no, no. And like, it, it's like unbelievable that the idea would be that, oh, this is like frogs. Like we're just doing a whole semester on frogs. Like first we're going to dissect them and then we're going to do presentations on different breeds or species of frogs. Like unbelievable. No. So she switches to the next slide and it's a screenshot of like a news item about Ashley's dad dying in a car crash. And right away, everyone knows what it is. It, People are like, it's Ashley's dad. It was so weird. Um, it was so weird. I I feel like Ashley's reaction to the fact that it was her dad was like so mild. Right. Right. Like, I can understand even not being like immediately hurt, like knowing to be hurt because that's so shocking. Yeah. But she was never like, what the fuck? That was really fucked up. Who did that? It was more just like, Meredith's reaction to it that they ruined her presentation right right no 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 no. it's like she was shown like a crime scene photo that she was very much braced for yeah I don't know so um yeah a little piece that I wrote down from the article was that Richard apparently lost control and was unable to avoid hitting a telephone pole the impact of the pole the impact with the pole given the speed of Richard's vehicle was the ultimate cause of his untimely death. Um, wow. That made me feel, I don't know, I hate to say it, I felt a little biased. Biased to who? Because I was like, why was he speeding? Well, <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's go into this story. Let's, no, I let's mean, pivot. like, not to be a dick, but, like, what was going on? Like, was he having an affair and he had to get home quick? Yeah. Or like what? Yeah. Like, I mean, is was something in his system? Like, was he is he gambling? Like, is something going on? What's going on? What's right. the adrenaline about? Right. You know, no, maybe, I get it. Maybe it's much more innocent than that. But I mean, Richard's a grown man. So. Meredith's like, no, this is a mistake. This isn't my slide. And everyone in the class is staring at Ashley. It's a whole scene. So Meredith after class is talking to Ashley and she's like, obviously it's some sort of like cruel joke. The flash drive was in my locker for two days. It was probably Chloe. Like, don't forget, by the way, Chloe's a fucking asshole. And I know you're excited to be dating Darren and hanging out with like, you know, his friends because of that. But they've always been the biggest assholes in school. And Chloe passes by with a finger over her lips in that that moment. was a little intimidation. Yeah, that was such a weak move. It just felt like so cliche. It, even for this movie, it was a little like, oh, the mean girl passes by and gives you a menacing look. Well, like they don't have the money to like have her be like they don't they can't set the stage for her being like that bitch, you know? They can't, you know, so they just do a little passing intimidation in the hallway. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't like it. It um, seemed almost surreal the way it was filmed, by the way. So Ashley's like, yeah, well, Darren's not even close with them. He played soccer with Mark. And Meredith's like, well, come up. My mom has her casserole. Come on. You want to come over tonight? And then Darren pops up before she can even answer. And he's like, I heard about the presentation. That's not cool. Even if it's part of the game. So Meredith here's game. I thought she would have like banked that and that would have come up earlier, but it didn't. Right. Um, and then Kyle comes up and he's like, hey, man, someone trying to mess with you. 
And Darren's like, hey, she's good, Kyle. Everyone's so mean to Kyle. Why are they talking about my boyfriend like that? I, I, I just felt like the there I kept waiting for there to be some reason that everyone was mean to him and it never came and it bothered me so much because I just like my eye like I kept focusing like laser focusing on this character the whole movie and nothing became of him. Yeah, Kyle can get it, dude. Um, I very much want to date him. I don't know if it's agent appropriate or not, but I'm down. He's probably 30. Hit me up. Um, Okay, so Darren's like, yeah, Kyle really can't take a hint. So are you still coming over tonight? I can make you forget about this. And he gives her a kiss. And when he leaves, it's just Ashley and Meredith. Like, Meredith just had to watch that. Like, you know, if I'm Meredith, I'm just dying. I'm like, I'm watching my friend who is so pretty. Like, Like, she just is fumbling life, dude. She could be like, emailing with some like hot junior at Harvard right now, but she's Uh, blowing it on Darren. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Darren is so like, she is so out of his league. It's not even funny. Right. Right. Darren. Well, I mean, Darren's got some like, you know, Darren is a little wrong side of the tracks, but like in the much more meaningful way. He's on yeah. the wrong side of the emotional tracks. And that's another red herring they tried to do is that whole like, oh, I heard you strangled your brother. Yeah, we're going to get to it. But um, OK, so Darren and Ashley have a date. Um, I'm going to play this scene. 1702 to 20 minutes. So when did your parents get divorced? Um, A year ago. And you didn't want to live with your mom and brother? Well, my uh, brother and I never really got along, so it's just easier this way. Plus, my dad's really cool. My dad was too. He was actually rushing home to help me with a school project the night that he died. He was too fast and a woman stepped onto the road and he swerved so that he wouldn't hit her. And he ran straight into a pole. They said he died almost instantly. I can't imagine how hard that must have been. It's the almost part that I have the hardest time with. Hey, I'm gonna go put on some music. I'll be right back. What do you think, huh? Is it me? You scared me to death. 
Oh, sorry. I just brought it out to see if you got the same one. Hey, I'm sorry. I was just messing around. Were you? Because I saw somebody outside. Really? Maybe I was being stalked. What, so are you trying to tell me that you're not the stalker? <laughs> I know we're not supposed to tell, but I figured I could tell you. So you're not just saying that to throw me off? I swear. Well, I'm not the stalker either. Then how do I know you're not just saying that to throw me off? Where's yours? Threw it out. I don't think you were supposed to. Who cares? It's just a stupid game, right? Come here before my dad gets home. My first note after that scene. Mm-hmm. She should be with Kyle. I don't like people who think it's funny to surprise you and scare you. I don't think that's funny either. I don't. It's so traumatizing. Like it. And if it's not already something that's already upsetting to you. Right. Like already traumatizing you. Like it will eventually. It's like tickling. It's at best a lame gag. Right. You know, the other one that I don't like that's like more subtle is when someone puts their fingers on your knee and like spreads them over your knee. I, I'm not 12. Don't fucking prank me. That feels like such a violation of space. Like I had an, an ex that used to do that to me all the time. And like, it was like a funny thing. And I was like, stop. Like, it's, it's honestly, it's like being tickled. Like as an adult. I don't like it. I don't like when somebody comes from behind you and puts their hands over your face and is like, guess who? No. Oh, my God. That's a nightmare. No, 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 no. I don't like yeah. any surprises like that. I need my life to be very predictable in that sense. Yeah, I agree. I get scared by my own neighbor in my driveway. Just don't scare people. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, I also will be picky. And I'm also like, don't handle me like a child. Like, just say hi to me. <laughs> There's a a balance. And I felt like if I was Ashley, I would have broken up with Darren on the spot. I would have been like, you're stupid. Like, listen, there's that. But then also like this, the brother strangling thing that's going to come out later. I mean, there's things that come up in these high school, especially early relationships. You don't really know. Right. Like how fucked up a person's supposed to be. Um. And so you're learning, right? And I feel like, you know, sometimes people are like, oh, you know, an adult was inappropriate with me or, you know, there's this thing going on with my family or blah, blah, blah. Um, I fucking strangled my brother is not something that's, uh, that's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Darren's a walking red flag. Something's going to happen when he goes to college. Like it's funny. He was a little too. He, he's a little too concerned about just not getting in trouble. Yeah, I I feel like Darren is going to be someone who, much like, and I know what you did last summer, like runs over someone while they're drunk driving and then hides the body. Oh, at best. Oh, for sure, at best. Yes. No. 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 For sure, at best. So, okay, wait. It's a new day. I because I want to get into that more with him. I have bigger 
conversation things that I want to talk about with that. So it's a new day at school. And Chloe asked the click if they have any good stalker stories. And Ashley's like, yeah, well, you know, I thought I saw someone at Darren's and Sadie says that someone was banging on her door. And Chloe's like, well, it doesn't matter anyway what anyone says, because even the stalker is going to be lying about getting stalked at this point. And Mark's like, you know, this game is like, (laughs) it's a fucking rush, dude. Okay. If the stalker, if you're listening to me right now, don't hold back on me. Scarier, the better. So, yeah. Big mistake. uh, yeah, I mean, no, I'm getting major, major AC Slater vibes here where it's like, oh, you're showing me how much of a man you are right now. Right. So Ashley and her mom have dinner with Trevor and uh, Ashley's like, so uh, tell me about your work. Apparently he does grief counseling and he helps students through high school hell, which I said to him in my head, dude, don't include that last part because now it's obvious what happened. Right. That you met the mom because she was grieving and you're like, oh, hot grieving widow. Yeah, because like, you know, he says like, oh, no, we met in line in the cafeteria at the hospital because she's a nurse. He's a grief counselor. But don't tell me you don't know how to appeal to her, even if she wasn't your client. Like, you know exactly how to get to the heart of a person like this. Right. Vulnerable. So um, Ashley helps Karen get dessert ready and karen's like listen trevor's the first person who's making me happy since your dad died two years ago so please be kind to him it's like yeah this moment and again two years ago like it does not seem that long to me no no it, it doesn't especially for a kid she's a kid effectively yeah three years ago sure i just feel like as the mom, like you want to protect your child. And I do think it's fair that the mom is allowed to like start dating again or whatever, but maybe she could be a little more sensitive to her kid about it. And like, she doesn't even, she doesn't even say that it's a serious relationship. She's like, we've gone out a few times. Right. That's the other thing too, is that it feels like she's both springing a semi-serious relationship that they've been brewing up behind her back. And this is someone she's seen kind of casually. Yeah. Like when you say we've gone out, that implies that it's not serious. Like, oh, we've gone out a few times. That's like you're still getting to know that person. Maybe you've slept together. Maybe you haven't. But this guy's having family dinners with them already. Like, that's I, weird. Yeah. I mean, the thing that I would ask if I was Ashley, was like, are you banging him on the clock? Yeah. What's going on with that? Those little rooms and banging like they do on TV or what's going on? Honestly, I believe it. Yeah, I think so. I mean, she definitely seems like she's getting something out of this. Karen's getting more than just a little, you know, peer on peer time. Yeah. Um, I thought, what did you think about the fact that she had made four cupcakes for dessert or three cupcakes? Oh, um, it depressed me. Yeah, it depressed me. Because I know, I mean, like, I don't think she actually made those cupcakes. I think she did go to the store and get three cupcakes and they were like mini cupcakes. It wasn't even enough for me personally, like to eat as a dessert. No, I think she got like an eight pack from the grocery store and then she just put three out. Yeah, it didn't seem like the end of the world when she dropped them, because basically what's going to happen is we're going to get a series of like. And these are a little bit hard to describe in like a fun way. So I'm just going to do my best. But basically, like 
Ashley brings out Trevor a cup of coffee and then he's not there. And so she jumps a little and then Karen thinks she sees something in the window. So she drops all the cupcakes. Then the two of them go outside together on the patio because like there's so much movement always in these movies that kills me. Yeah. Where I'm like, why are you just like, like, just stand still, dude. Um, It's very pre pandemic to me, this movement and also just always even exaggerated. Oh, yeah. Um, this is like a, this is the moment where they find the medical bracelet, right? Well, wait. So yeah. So basically surprise Trevor was, uh, just talking to one of his clients who calls him at all hours of the night. Right. And so the two of them go back inside. Karen's like going to fix the cupcakes. And then Ashley finds a medic medical alert bracelet on the patio. Very suspicious. Okay. But like, what do, do we know what that was, what that winds up being? Yes, it winds up belonging to Mark, who we've never seen him wear this bracelet in any previous scene that I know of. Oh, but it was probably yanked. Right. Yeah. But it winds up belonging to him because he's allergic to everything. Right. No, Mark. Mark is highly allergic. He is very protected. So that's how they link it to Mark because she finds the medical bracelet outside at her house. She shows Darren and Darren's like, oh, Mark has this. He like blew up like a balloon because he ate a granola bar like in the locker room or or whatever. And so they're very suspicious of Mark being the stalker now because he there's a medical bracelet left behind. And Chloe thinks so too, right? So they decide yes. they're going to confront him. So Chloe and Mark are hanging out in the backyard. They think they're grown the way they are together in the backyard. For sure. And um, he walks up to her and like smooching on her. And she's like, can you please get me a drink? He's like, I'll hydrate you, baby. So Ugh. once Mark is gone, Chloe runs over to the side of the house where Ashley and Darren are hiding in like, full black hoodies. I have no idea what the geography of this movie is. So she's like, okay, once he comes back here, let's give him the scare of a lifetime. So Mark is grabbing the sodas from the outdoor fridge, rich boy hours. Mm -hmm. And he notices there's this loud buzzing sound coming from his gym bag. So he opens it and hundreds of angry bees come flying out. So can we talk about these bees, these CGI bees? Yeah. It looked so bad. I mean, it did look bad. I was impressed with the volume for Lifetime. <laughs> I think they were going to go with like six. It was a lot of bees. <laughs> and it made me wonder who the fuck was savvy enough to be able to carry a full-on beehive and stuff it inconspicuously into this guy's gym bag. Like, you have to have a beekeeper suit to, to pull that off, right? Right. Well, that's like a multi-tiered plan. Like, there's no way with the way that this movie ends that that could have really happened. No, because where do you, where are you even getting this beehive from in the first place? Like, that seems like this is like you have to do, do like a day trip to like drive up the state to like go to a beekeeper's house and like buy a beehive off of them and then drive back down to your town with the beehive in the backseat of your car. This is a logistical nightmare. No, I feel like you would get arrested for even thinking of trying to have this scene in your movie in 2020. Um, They would never, but 
No, like, I mean, I'm sure the attitude is like this person. I mean, it takes a long time for bees to migrate to a new spot. Yeah, because yeah, because that was sort of the explanation when like, how did this happen? Like, oh, bees can nest. He must have had something in his gym bag. It's like that that amount of bees don't congregate within the span of a couple hours dude what did he i mean like what did he have in his gym bag is my question you know right like did did he have an entire honeycomb in there i don't think so maybe and i feel like i mean maybe like i don't i don't know how bees operate but i feel like maybe you could explain that with like oh my gym bag had a bunch of ants in it right 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 well we'll we'll hear from kyle but um yeah basically like ashley jumps out once they realize okay we're fucked uh mark's dying and she gets his epi pen gives him the shot then we go to the hospital and conveniently karen is the nurse on this ship <laughs> i was just so, gonna say that she's like they're all the parents are so entwined in the kids lives it's just like too perfect how that happened right she's so the nurse 90210 like it's like your friend ods and like oh like the c character's dad is the doctor like iconic yeah. like yeah unbelievable okay so um yeah uh conveniently uh sophie also arrives and joins them when they've all been waiting 2650 to 2917 Where were you? We had a plan. I had an appointment that ran late. Is he okay? Well, thanks to Ashley's quick thinking, he's okay for now. Hey, I would have gotten that pin. I don't think this is anybody's fault, all right? We're just going to have to monitor him closely for the next 24 hours and hope there's not a second reaction. Can we see him? Man, how you feeling? Never better. Thanks to all you guys. What were you doing at my place anyway? Well, we know you're the stalker, so we were gonna play a joke on you to set you up. It's nice of you, but I'm not the stalker. But I found your medical bracelet in my backyard. Somebody stole it, I swear. Check my wallet. If it isn't you, who is it? Whoever stashed the beehive in my gym bag. Well, dude, come on. You don't really think that was part of the game, do you? Well, when I went to soccer practice the other day, it sure as hell wasn't there. Who would do that? Chloe. Seriously? Well, you were all in. Unbelievable. You. Accusing me of doing something so messed up when you're the one who almost strangled your brother to death. Yeah, I don't look so surprised. I heard you with your guidance counselor last week. Well, I wouldn't hurt anyone. Yeah, except yourself. Let's just forget about the whole thing. Okay, let's forget about all of it. The club, everything. So it doesn't matter who the stalker is. The game is over. Yeah, I'm all for that. Agreed. Well, I'm obviously out. 
Fine. We'll end it. But we all delete that text so nobody knows anything about it. And from this day forward, we don't talk. This episode is sponsored by Book of the Month. I've been subscribed to Book of the Month for three months now, and I'm obsessed. If you're a big reader or maybe even a lapsed big reader who's been wanting to get back into it regularly, consider checking it out. Book of the Month, they read like hundreds of books every month from new and emerging authors, and they whittled on the list to just the very best. They provide you a diverse little selection of hardcover fiction to pick from, which is an element of it that I really love. I can find going into the bookstore to be super overwhelming. And when I know I have about a dozen really solid options to choose from, it makes the decision way easier. Plus, it's cheaper than other options. Shipping is always free. And there's a loyalty program with rewards and even lower prices if you choose to stick around. There's an app where you can pick your upcoming books and track the progress of your reading, and there are challenges on there with rewards. Your book arrives in a super aesthetically pleasing box, by the way. That's the kind of touch that I always really appreciate. Personally, I read at my own pace. Sometimes I can only get to one of my two books a month, and I keep the ones I haven't read yet on my windowsill right next to my bed so I can just see them all there. It inspires me to pick one up and read. It's nice to have options in front of you. If you're interested in trying it out, you can get your first book for $5 with code pastel at bookofthemonth.com. That's code pastel at bookofthemonth.com. You can shop from anywhere doing pretty much anything. You might shop while working, eating, or even listening to this podcast. And however you shop, we all know and love the thrill of the hunt. But do you also know how to get the thrill of the best deals? Because Rakuten shoppers do. With Rakuten, they get the deals they love with the most savings and cash back. And you can get it too. Start getting cash back at your favorite stores like Sephora, Nike, and even Expedia if you're looking to get some travel in. And getting cash back doesn't mean you have to miss out on sales because those can just be stacked right on top. It's easy to use and based on a simple idea. Stores pay Rakuten for sending them shoppers, and Rakuten shares the money with you as cash back through PayPal or check. Download the free Rakuten app and never miss a deal. Or go to Rakuten.com to start getting the most bang for your buck. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N. No matter who you are or where you are, we all have something in common. Those nights where you didn't even have close to the amount of sleep that you needed and the days where you have to power through because of that. You can't fix that. I mean, that's life. But you can control the quality of those four measly hours you get by finding a mattress that's perfect for you. That's why I'm so in love with my Helix mattress. It's made for me. When I can't control my schedule or don't feel well, I'm less anxious about the next day because I've got this bomb-ass bed. I mean, whatever Zs I do catch that night are going to be optimal. Helix Sleep has a quiz that's just about two minutes long. It matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Everybody's unique and Helix knows that, so they have several different mattress models to choose from. They've got soft, medium and firm mattresses. If you're one of those people whose temperature skyrockets while you sleep, they've got cooling options. There's even a mattress that's ideal for plus size folks. I took the Helix quiz and was matched with the Helix Midnight Luxe. 
For years, I preferred a soft mattress and I didn't mind the tossing and turning I did. I really just didn't know. Now I prefer a medium firmness and sleeping on my back or side. Those nights that I mentioned where you just kind of can't get around not getting much sleep, waking up from one of those with back pains went hand in hand with my old mattress. It sounds ridiculous, but I think my back pain was so exacerbated by the bed that I was sleeping on that I didn't even notice until I started waking up in less and less pain on a regular basis with my Helix. So it's been a game changer for me. If you're looking for a new mattress, take the quiz, order the mattress you're matched to, and it will come straight to your door shipped for free. Helix gives you a 10-year warranty and you can try out your new bed for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but I think you will. Don't just take my word for it. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Just go to helixsleep.com slash mother may I and take their two-minute sleep quiz. They'll match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash mother may I. That's H-E-L-I-X-S-L-E-E-P dot com slash M-O-T-H-E-R-M-A-Y-I. Oh my god. So Mark does look like the weekend. Uh, yeah. Um <laughs> Um so Yeah, this is really fucked up that um <laughs> I just can't believe that like Chloe is so committed to playing this game that she's like that she's like we don't ever talk about this to anyone. Like what? Like what is there what could get you in trouble? I don't understand that. What could possibly get you in that much trouble that you feel like you can't tell anyone you played this game? If nobody put the bees in there, no one did anything illegal. Right. It all really is for nothing. Yeah. On Sophie's end, which makes her character just like, not Sophie, um, Chloe. Chloe's end. I, I don't know why I keep saying Sophie. Who am I? Honey, do we're, I have dementia? Uh, look, we're both operating at a one today. I would say so. So... Um, yeah, I mean, again, so mean to Sadie with the cutting as well. Yeah. Um, Darren drops off Ashley that night and she doesn't know who the stalker could have been. Right. But it's insane that one of them would be capable of going that far. And they say like taking it that far, going too far a few times, which I love that they call it that. Yeah. It's like, it's not too far. Like that was never on the table. It's not like. It's like, it's like imagining like a comedian just like trying to like say some random hateful statement they said being like, I crossed the line. It's like, no, 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 honey, this isn't a joke. Like, this isn't a bit. Right. Um, And I also feel like they, they don't have any proof at this point that the bees weren't an accident. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess the bees weren't an accident. Yeah. I mean, maybe I have been watching a lot of EpiPen culture movies lately. Like it just, I don't know. I feel like it just seems like, I don't know. They, they immediately connect the bees to the stalker that the stalker planted the bees, but like, I don't think like it's clear that no one, like if you suspected someone in your friend group, planted bees on your friend who could die from bee stings i feel like you'd be a little more like who the fuck did this we're gonna find out right now who did this 
and fuck you forever. Like I'm not like you're out of the friend group. Like you would need that would be like number one thing you would figure out. Like who did this? Well, they're not real friends. I mean, they're all obviously each other's biggest haters. Like this is this is an example of like what people warn you about. Like if your friend group brings you down, they're not your real friends. Like this is that, this is that group, dude. So she's like, what was that thing that Chloe said about you uh, strangling your brother? Which by the way, come on, Chloe coming through with the, I overheard you at your counselor last week. That seems like a HIPAA violation. Well, like that's the best thing about HIPAA is that we all say that, but like Chloe is not bound to any HIPAA violation. Really- that's true. That's true. It's she's not the doctor, but it yeah. seems like it's a it's an ethical violation, which obviously Chloe has no scruples whatsoever. She'll, she'll never be a judge. No. Um, definitely not. No, Chloe's a cunt. So he's like kind of laughs about it. And he's like, well, both of my parents work. So my brother and I were alone a lot. It's kind of like a latchkey kid's story he describes. I think a lot of us can relate to it uh, until basically, you know, getting picked on by the older brother. He's always taken it. Finally, one day he snaps and he strangles his brother. Apparently, I, need to, so I need to know how much he strangled the brother. Was it like they were in the middle of fighting? Did the brother they should have added like an addendum like the, my brother was hospitalized for a month after that. Well, let's just say that they added better than an addendum, which is that um, his parents divorced over figuring out who needed help more. And he only talks to his brother to this day to this day only when he needs to like. Right. But uh, that doesn't seem like it puts him being the bad guy as much as his parents like in having like bringing this trauma in his life. I guess it, I mean, it does seem a little like the good son to me though. Like, yeah. I just needed back- more, I, I needed more backstory is all I'm saying. I wanted more backstory again. I feel like this was a big red herring. Like, Oh, Darren is a violent guy. Obviously he gives this sob story that, um, the killer killers given movies where they're like, I was bullied or whatever, but that could also be very valid that he reached his breaking point. It was like snapped. I will say, though, and I really can we please not ruin what the ending of this is. I will say I was genuinely shocked. By I was, end. too. I'm embarrassed that I was shocked. I actually oh, genuinely it, shocked. Was, it wasn't that I was shocked so much as I was like I made an audible noise when it was revealed. No, it was like nice. I yelled in my living room. And for that reason, I think that like when they muddy things like this, this Lifetime movie was successful. I feel in muddying all of these stories enough that you're just that felt like the screen part of it that felt real where it's like, oh, this guy's like perfect, but he tends to pop up at random times and he's, you know, like it just was like, oh, my God. No, but I did. uh, The ending of the movie fucking was a slam dunk for me. So, um, yeah, you know, basically, uh, he's like, everyone's got scary skeletons in their closet, you know? And Ashley's like, well, I'm just glad the game is behind us now. So they can, Oh no, no, it's not Ashley. Uh, Karen checks on Mark's parents in his room to, uh, tell them that visiting hours are officially over and she promises that they'll be taking amazing care of him overnight. And just as they turn down a hallway off screen, we see someone wearing a lab coat and black gloves enter Mark's hospital room and shut the door behind them. So while Karen is continuing to comfort Mark's parents, 
the stalker is at work injecting some sort of like medication into Mark's IV. And Karen sees the doctor leaving Mark's room and is like, Hey, do you need anything in there, doctor? Because Karen, she's got a pet project tonight. Um, this was bad. The, the security at the hospital is really bad. Well, he's wearing black gloves. She's calling out to him. He's not even turning his head. So for some reason, his whole ass, like, I feel like he's wearing a hood still. Yeah. Like it's, um, it's, it's unbelievable what just happened. The stalker, the stalker is obviously disguised because the mom would be not saying whatever, you know, like she wouldn't just be like, sir, sir. Like she might be saying the stalker's name. Right. Right. And also like, I mean, I don't know. She's calling them doctor. Oh yeah, that's right. She's like doctor, doctor. Like, doctor, don't you know doctor. the doctors? Yeah. Don't and you I'm know like, the doctors at your hospital? Like, and also like, I feel like whatever's about, you know, what's about to happen next is very relevant. So like, um, you know, she comes back to like the room and Mark immediately is like convulsing in his bed and there's other hospital staff in there. Um, he fucking flatlines in like two minutes. And for some reason that doesn't come up like, Oh, the doctor that I chased down the hallway who just like managed to disappear out of the building quicker than I could get after him. Uh, There's no police investigation happening here. This isn't uh, like they don't go into lockdown mode in the hospital. I feel that that's what I'm saying. I feel like the security at this hospital, they really dropped the ball here. This is a lawsuit waiting to happen. I would like to see this story about the police investigation into this strange figure who walked into the hospital, gave Mark a hot shot, and then disappeared. And there was after, no security. Like, after a fucking honeycomb was just freshly placed in his gym bag that he certainly uses regularly. Right. Like, aren't police going to look into this and say somebody has been trying to kill Mark? There and- has to be a ring.com doorbell on the street. Yeah. You know, um, but so, um, yeah, Ashley's doing her homework in her room, but she gets distracted when she hears this barking dog down the street and she reminds herself it's over. OK, stalker club's over. JK, she gets a text at that moment uh, inviting her to join stalker club again. So she looks over at her desk and realizes that her, fa- that this is so bizarre because like it is menacing, but it's so silly the way they do it. She looks over yeah. at her desk and realizes that her father's face is cut out of the family portrait. <laughs> okay. And I couldn't figure the way that like a Snapchat picture would be like, if you were to like the way that when we see her dad's head later, like it looks like a filter, what it would get around your head. It, this was so confusing because I couldn't tell if that was a photo of her with her mom's boyfriend or not like I feel like we needed to see that picture of them together before right did we did we ever see that no we did see it before she um okay well then I wasn't paying attention to that part yeah that's fine that was like the whole like line of attack that goes on from this photo is insane to me because like this is Ashley's photo to do whatever Ashley fucking wants to do with it. Like she can turn it into like a compostable tampon for all I fucking care. Like it's her photo. But yeah. like the drama that happens over this photo is insane, right? So I feel like as a parent, 
you wouldn't yell at your kid for that. You would sit them down and say, hey, like, what's going on? Do you want to talk about something instead of being accusatory to them? Because the first thing the mom goes to is like, you don't want me to have a dating life. Right. Well, then also like so then, she, you know, she's just taking this in for herself and the way that it's cut out, it almost looks like it's primed for like Harry Styles face to be taped in or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then she hears these loud noises coming from downstairs and she follows the noise and they're playing home videos of Ashley's last birthday with her dad. And I wish that they had done childhood videos so bad, but it's obvious they had to shoot something with this actress the day that they had the guy come from Craigslist for the photo. Right. And um, it's just so weird because she's like 17 and like putting frosting on his nose. And it almost looks sexual. This was such a weird scene to me because I just kept thinking, how did the stalker? Because like, you know, those home movies were packed away somewhere. Right. How did the stalker get in, find those home movies, locate them, find oh. the fucking projector? I think that's the benefit of them being like from her, probably like her 14th birthday when she looked 27. But yeah. like, because then they're probably digital. So like it maybe would be accessible in the cloud. I don't know. But they were like, pro like projected on the wall, weren't they? Oh, no, it was just a big ass TV. But they okay. do that later. They do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so she pauses the TV and she's like, who did this? We agreed it was over. And then the back door blows open. She goes, whichever one of you did this, this isn't funny anymore. And the stalker is on the side of her house, just patiently waiting for her to come tiptoeing over there. But her mom gets home before he has a chance. And um, they are away in the in the living room having a little talk all of a sudden. Karen sits down next to her and tells her, Mark didn't make it. Okay. He went into anaphylactic shock. And Ashley breaks. She needs to tell her about something. And so she starts to like, you know really have this moment where she's like, I can tell my mom everything that's going on. This will probably like start some sort of investigation, but she has a memory of Chloe coming to her mind where she's saying, we'll never talk about this again. So she thinks better of it and says, mom, I just want to tell you, I'm glad you're home. This is such bullshit. Someone has died already. Someone's dead and you you're still afraid of fucking Chloe. No, it's like ghostwriter. Yeah. Like you, she has her by the balls. Chloe has her gripped so tightly that like Chloe's word and Chloe's threat is like bigger to her than the fact that her friend just died. Which again is like just so out of proportion because I feel like this girl should be like emailing like some hot actor that's like at his freshman year at, year at Yale and then like... Yeah. Chloe feels like she should be getting ready to go to like Arizona state. It's just so disproportionate. Like this, like, cause again, like she didn't do anything illegal. She just clicked the link with her friends to play this silly LARPing game. Right. And Chloe has no status. Like she just has this alcoholic mom and I guess like a chill hang house mm -hmm. kind of. Um, but yeah, so the stalker watches them, uh, from outside as Karen turns off the TV. Karen doesn't even acknowledge that there's home videos playing and, uh, <laughs> which by the way, like to me again, 
Now, I know that like Richard supposedly got into this car crash because he was rushing home to help Ashley with a presentation. But I kind of feel like based off of all of the, the you know, cues that I've gotten from uh, Karen and some of the energy I've gotten from other people, it seems like Ashley doesn't know something about her dad. Right. That's the deeper question. That's that's the other thing I would like investigated. And was this death an accident? Did someone cut the brake lines? Right. Was he, was he speeding? Did someone tamper with his vehicle? What's the story there? Because they keep emphasizing that he died in this car crash, but that also never comes to fruition. Like that storyline sort of goes nowhere. Well, like, I mean, I don't think it that was a part of this. I just think that like they didn't fill out the story and all we have is like the evidence we have karen's attitude she was the one who was married to the man and she's like it's been two years come on like this is the man you were happily married to like you just no. turned off the home video of him like it was nothing um clearly her daughter is going through some kind of a crisis and karen is not picking up on that right like if you come home and this is the day after you discover that your child has cut a photo out of the picture of her father who's deceased. And then the next night you walk in to find that there's home videos playing and she's clearly shaken up. This is a child in crisis, right? Like, yes, of course, the stalker club hasn't occurred to her. But like, obviously, at least your child's going through something because like her dead dad kept like, you know, is repeatedly being brought up around the two year anniversary of his death. Um, it does make yes. OK, so Karen is probably self-involved, even if Richard was a bad guy. Karen is self-involved because she's chosen to let Ashley believe this lie. Right. I don't know. I don't know. So Ashley, um, you know, she inspects the photo in her room with her dad's face cut out before tossing it in the trash. And then um, she's gotten another text from the stalker club saying it's not over yet. You can never leave the stalker club. <laughs> so Ms. Glinner informs everyone about Mark's dad, the science, science teacher. So it's like, you know, they've hired a science teacher. This is the one that's like the conduit to explain everything to us. So uh, then we're going to hear Chloe, Darren, and Ashley talk about the text that came in last night. 3852-4045. I'm sorry that I have to be the one to inform you all on the untimely passing of your classmate, Mark Hernandez. And I know it's hard to understand a death at your age because it shouldn't happen. Yes, Meredith. I heard the bees were in his gym bag. Isn't that weird? It is unusual, but not unheard of. Bees will nest indoors or out. My guess is they were attracted to something in his bag, and they began to build their hive. We had a hive in our pantry once. Thanks, Sheila. Regardless, it's just a horrible accident. OK, so let me get your papers out. I took a look at them over the weekend and thought they were mostly good. Although some of you need to pay a little bit more attention. When did you get it? Last night. Me too. Well, who sent it? God, Ash, chill. How can I chill when Mark is dead because of our stupid game? Okay, we don't know that for sure, all right? I mean, you heard, Miss Glenner, it's not uncommon for bees to build their hive in a bag or wherever. 
So as long as we don't talk about it, nobody knows about the game. It's over. Then why am I still being stalked? I guess I'm the only one then. You're just being paranoid, Ashley. No, I'm not. Because there was somebody in my house last night. Well, what about Sadie? Where is she? Ah, oh, she's probably all freaked out about Mark and decided to stay home. <laughs> I mean, you'd think he was her boyfriend, not mine. But she is a head case. Well, she didn't show up yesterday to Mark's, and she didn't show up today. So maybe it's her. Maybe she's the one taking this too far. Taking it too far. <laughs> Again, Ashley, I mean, Chloe, with the menacing threats. Dude, that we can Chloe never talk about it. is a nightmare person. Yeah. She's out of control and not even worth it. Right. Um, yeah, no, this um this whole thing was was wild to me. The um the fact that they shut Kyle down in the classroom upset me. Yeah. Again, you know? once again Kyle is getting beat up on for no reason at all. He's a, he's a completely friendly harmless guy. He's offering he, his experience. He had bees yeah. in his pantry. Like Right. It happens. <laughs> Does it happen? That's the other thing. Again, back to the bees nesting in his gym bag. This doesn't seem like, I don't know. I, again, I want to know the logistics, the real logistics of how these bees got there. I know. I've seen a lot of bee people on TikTok. Like, that's definitely a niche is like bee people. Yes. And the way it works is like they are fearless. They do a- approach the bees with like, you know, uh, respect. They do a lot of times go maskless, gloveless. Mm-hmm. And it seems like it's an hours long process. Like, it's just unbelievable to me that Mark had come home from soccer, toss his bag down and go get a soda 45 minutes later, come back to a full-blown mess yeah uh, right how did that happen even mark i feel like I'm, I'm not to blame the victim it is a fictional victim thank god versus like sometimes when i actually do like in the movies i'm like well based on this betrayal but like no truly um he could have said something in the hospital like my bag that they came out of like i used that yesterday why weren't there investigators investigating the contents of the bag well, Why I wasn't feel okay. My theory is this ready. Yeah. This is just the right amount of crime town that this would get by. Right. Like it's not super busy where like they have really competent people working the cases. It's not super slow so that this is crazy. This is right. just truly they're They're being portrayed as like upper middle-class suburb lazy cops. The cops don't even show up until like the second murder. No. And when they do, they're like, but yeah, but do you think it was just JK's though? Like, they're like, do you think it was just like, like, right. like, do you think it's like MBD? Like, what's the deal? The cops are like, the are dying to get out of there. Yeah. Um, okay. So we get to Sadie at her house and, you know, she's going through it. Okay. She's depressed, but she's still wearing her emo costume. Mm-hmm. And her mom's like, are you okay? She's like, yeah, I'm fine. And her mom sits down on the bed next to her and she's like, listen, I know you're going through a lot. Why don't you just take one of my pills? Okay. 
It's hard to lose a friend. You're going through it. Just take the pill. So Chloe, Ashley, and Darren get into Sophie's locker to find anything they can that will have intel on whether or not she's a stalker. And Ashley quickly finds a cutout photo of her dad's face. And they decide to confront her that night. This photo is insane. Like, so I famously, one of my mom's favorite things I ever made her famously within, like, I would say the 20 people I care. Um, My mom has saved this tea bag that I made her when I was in elementary school where I cut out my picture and taped it onto like the square of a tea bag. Yeah. And she's held on to this for years. Like that is what it looks like. It looks like a little cutout face. I can't describe to you how like what a comedy shape it is. It's hard to do like a good looking cutout face from a photo. It's just not demonic at all. It yeah. looks like artful. It looks like someone tried. And I think that's the funny part is because like silly. Doctor, yeah, it's like a little pretty little liar. So um, she talks to her boyfriend about it. And Ashley's never done anything like, you know, she's never done anything like this before. And Karen's like, no, it's been two years. She's not going to be over losing him. Why is she acting out? And he implies that she could be jealous about the two of them. So Trevor is like, Trevor's in this place where, you know, I'm starting to hate him a little bit. Mm -hmm. Saying, put your kid in therapy. Maybe it's about us. Um, I'm going to say, honestly, I do think I wind up liking Trevor in the long run. But this was trying for me. Well, they again, Trevor is another red herring character. They paint him paint him as very suspicious individual the whole time he's the new boyfriend encroaching on to Ashley's life there's a lot of evil stepfather tropes in movies famously one of my favorite films the stepfather from 1987 so she's a little freaked out right no I think I um I think I dislike Trevor the most he's my least favorite so um, you know, Trevor's like giving her a big kiss and being like, Karen, it's going to be okay, baby. You're an amazing mom. And then he and Ashley run into each other at the front door. And then Ashley gets to see her mom and her mom shows her this little picture with the, with the circle cut out. And she's like, what's going on with this? And Ashley's like, oh, I just had a moment. And Karen's like, well, this type of reaction is not okay. Okay. This makes me feel like you're really angry about something. Maybe it's Trevor. And Ashley's like, I feel like Trevor told you to say that. He's <laughs> like, well, no, that's another thing. Okay. You and I promised each other clear communication when your dad died. So if this is about Trevor, you need to tell me that. Which, by the way, can you imagine like your dad dying and your mom being like, I need clear communication forever? You know, this is the first time that the mom has like sat down with her daughter and is like, what's going on? But she couldn't be more act like she seems so busy, like too busy for all of this. Right. Yeah. Well, it's like a little like it's yeah, it's too little too late for sure. But then also like, why is it such drama? Like your daughter is absolutely of the age where she could be fitting it for a locket. Totally. Like, like she, it's not like she had X'd out the eyes with a red marker. Like that would have been very menacing. At least she found the head. No, it was like it. That's the problem with how it was cut was that it looks like it could be just 
you know, innocuous, basically. Like, if I saw that, I'd be like, oh, okay, I wonder what this is. So, um, yeah, uh, Ashley's like, listen, mom, I really was having a moment, okay? I promise if something, if I'm going through something, I'll talk to you about it. So then we see Sadie sitting on the side of her bathtub looking at this slip of paper that says that she's the stalker. She, like, throws it across the room angrily, and then her mom calls up that she and her dad are going out, um, which, like, really makes it apparent in that moment that the actress who plays Sadie is definitely 32. Yes. I thought this scene was very graphic for a Lifetime movie. This is actually, like, out of control, and again, what felt Scream-like to me, because it was gory unnecessarily, and it's also, um, it's a little edgelordy. Yeah, I'm sure it can be triggering to people also watching this scene. Well, because it's saying, like, fuck you in the face of something that's been, they've been doing trigger warnings about, you know, cutting and you know, self-harm for a very long time. Um, So for like, you know, that's been a, like a thing. They did that on Degrassi 15 years ago. So I can't imagine that like this lifetime, they're clearly trying to be edgy, right? So once her mom and dad are gone, she gets like one good cut in and she's like experiencing pure euphoria. Um, And they don't go out of their way to like make it seem like she has to hide this or anything. Like her razor is just chilling in her bathroom. So it looked like um, a box cutter. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was. So the front door slams and she's like, I thought you were leaving. <laughs> um, which is again, really weird because she does seem 32 in this moment. So um, she goes into her room and she spots this dead bee on her bed. And then the stalker comes from inside of her bathroom and she laughs. This, this is like very shout out to Candyman. This was like an homage to, to Candyman with the bee and the stuff in the bathroom. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And they play with this other trope that I was trying to find like a name or a word for it. But like once she, you know, she tries to play it off, she's like, oh, haha, Chloe, like I know it's you. I'm the stalker. Like cut the bit, right? Um, she gets seduced by stalker. Uh, yeah, he ruffles her hair. He puts his hand on her cheek and then like she sort of just lays back willingly and then he like mounts her and she gets the same sort of look of satisfaction on her face the same way she did right after she cut herself. Um like this euphoric look and then knife comes up slash slash we hear screaming exceed the exterior of the place. Yeah. Very dramatic moment. So what is that though? They they've, I've seen that a few times where they try to do this thing where like the, this, you know, odd character is seduced by the killer. I think they just, because it's lifetime and because it's for Mormons, they just want to portray like this troubled girl in sort of the most cliched, no, like, as possible. They did this with like they even satirized it on Scream Queens with um this scene with Ariana Grande getting killed by that when she's like texting the devil. Um like it, they're horny for the killer. Yes. Like even um I would say Rose McGowan did that a little bit with um Ghostface. Like right. they they do the, you know, 
oh, this is kind of hot thing. Yeah. Want to know more about it? Um, all right. So, okay. Um, Ashley gets to Sophie's first because they have this plan. They're going to go, Sophie. Sadie. <laughs> Sophie. Okay. So, Ashley gets to Sadie's first and she sees the stalker in the window. Um, this does also feel a little scream to me again because they use this like the the way that they use uh body doubles throughout this whole movie, it's you're very unclear. Like in some of the cuts that they have them in, like it's almost like a um sexy black trench coat. Other times it's like a oversized worker shirt. So um yeah, she rings the doorbell, but then she realizes, okay, and climb through the window. Meantime, she gets a text from Darren saying he's going to be running a little bit late. So she gets up to Sadie's room. She notices these pills on the bed. And then Chloe pops in being like, hey, I thought we were going to meet out front. Okay, a little suspicious. Where did she come from all of a sudden? Right. Then Ashley's like, no, no, no. Wait, I came in because I saw the stalker through the window. So then they hear water dripping. Of course, they start towards the bathroom. Um and yeah i mean like basically it looks like she it looks like she died by cutting herself in the bath but they filmed it for a porno but she's like not it's like it's like if it was a porn scene of someone committed suicide in the bath yeah like i said very graphic for a lifetime movie yeah um and by the way another crime scene that's just like this is not how someone would die from cutting themselves like she's propped up pretty with her arm out of the bath it looks staged yeah like there needs to be a major investigation here so first of all she was fully clothed in the bathtub oh like 100 percent fully clothed also this was like a um you know, her parents had just left. Like there was, I, she was discovered by a group of friends. Like the way it came across was like, this made, just made no sense. But the staging in and of itself was the biggest nightmare out of all of it. And also Darren had showed up late, which made everyone really suspicious. He also did the, oh, hey, I just dropped in. Right. All right. So The cops are there interviewing people on the scene and Chloe tells them not to mention the club to the cops. Yeah. And Ashley's like, um, we have to. And Darren's like, yeah, but I mean, I I don't know why. I mean, like, technically we have no reason to. Two of your friends are dead. That's the reason. Right. And Ashley's like, no, well, the stalker was here. And Darren's like, listen, you know, Darren's like, I can't get in trouble again. I'm going to get locked up if I have another murder situation around me. Right. Which like um, did he even really get in trouble when he strangled his brother. He didn't get in trouble. He, they didn't say this is why I'm saying I need I needed some more background information. They didn't say he went to jail. They just said his parents got divorced. They didn't say for how long he strangled him. They didn't say if the kid was seriously hurt. It just sounded like a fight. They all decide to like go with this thing of like oh, Sadie was mentally ill and suicidal. So like this makes sense for her. Just do it. And Ashley even says that she'll frame or Chloe even says she'll frame Ashley if she brings it up, which but like what grounds does Chloe have? Chloe was at the scene. Right. Exactly. Like it makes no sense. Like what's what's the harm in saying that you got caught up in like an Internet hoax? Right. 
And like the first friend was crazy. You probably should have said something, but you figured, oh, he has an actual allergy. Like now it's starting to seem targeted. So Karen gets there and the cops want to interview Ashley now. So Chloe tells Darren to rein her in if she spills. So Chloe's really running shit for no reason. Um, So Ashley tells the cop they got there at the same time. They had a plan to meet there. And then when Sadie didn't answer the door, they went through the window. And then Darren and Chloe showed up and they all found her together. And he was like, why were you meeting her there? And Ashley's like, well, she wasn't in school. And we all knew that obviously she had some issues. Um, So not proud of Ashley in that moment. Sadie's mom is like absolutely sobbing as her daughter's body is brought out of the house. And then Chloe's mom finally gets there. And when Karen sees her, they lock eyes for a moment. And there's a past there. Mm hmm. Yep. Um, these these bitches yeah. have not left their hometown and whatever happened in the past has just been brewing for decades well like what's weird is like how do you not know right like right. they the proximity of these people is actually it's actually insane um Th- this is way too much of a tight-knit community yeah it's like inbred almost at this point like we're getting there yeah we're gonna so- get there Karen tucks Chloe into bed that night and offers her to get anything she needs. And Ashley's like, you know, I'm fine. And she, sorry, did I say she tucks Chloe? She tucks yeah. Ashley into bed. Sorry. So Karen tells her, you know, it's okay to not be fine. A girl died when I was in high school. You know, it was horrible. She died in an accident and no parent should ever have to go through that. And I know that now, like, I just feel awful. Basically, you know, if you're not careful, I'm going to follow you to college. So she's starting to drop some truth bombs. Okay. We're starting to realize, oh, maybe that was why we saw that brief murder. Because at this point in this movie, you probably already forgot. Here's the thing I want to point out. The premise of this movie, like when you look at the plot of this movie, it gives that away in the premise description. And I kept waiting for it. And then when the mom finally revealed that the parents had played their own stalker game, 30 years ago, I couldn't believe it was like that far into the movie that that was revealed in the last 10 minutes. Like, honestly, no, maybe last 15 minutes. Cause I, I timed this out. Like it's, um, it's so late and I wish that they would have like hung the premise on that more, but like, I guess it makes more sense for the marketing and ultimately it doesn't spoil who no, it doesn't spoil the stalker who the stalker is, which both of us, we were both shocked. Yeah, never happens for me. So, um, yeah, Ashley replays watching, you know, the stalker walk through Sadie's window in her head. And she remembers the way that Chloe popped in. She remembers Darren's text that he was late. The next day she comes into school. She's just, you know, on one. And she grills him about where he was. They never proved that Sadie was the stalker. You know, he's like, I'm still getting a stalk too. You know, when I got home last night, there was a noose in my backyard, which feels insane that's fucked up why is no one why why is nobody telling anybody about this they are still completely cucked by chloe dude and darren like has a dad like what do you mean like your dad was home and like there was a (laughs) fence in the backyard like hello that's All all every single one of these parents is just out to lunch And she's like, you know what? I really can't tell if you're just trying to throw off my scent. You know, this is like fucked with my trust issues 100. And Darren's like completely confused, you know, 
you know me, you know that I would never hurt you or any of my friends. And like, I'm going to honestly give him that. Normally I would say, no, she doesn't know you, but I actually am going to give him that. There's no reason to like, there's no reason to feed into Chloe's shit. This yeah. is Chloe's game the whole time. Darren has not changed as a person. No, but He's she accuses him. Yeah, she no. accuses him of being the stalker. Oh yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, she goes, someone's just taking this too far and it's not me. <laughs> You know what? At this point, you're all taking it too far because none of you are cutting it out. Too far. Okay. So um, Ashley can't concentrate in science and she's thinking back on Mark going into shock and finding Sadie and she breaks down in the middle of the class. The teacher calls after her, but she just, you know, goes and does her thing anyway. And um, we see Kyle. Kyle's feeling for her, dude. Yeah. He asks Um, her out, right? mm -hmm, Not yet. This is when Meredith finds her in the bathroom. I don't think we've played a Meredith scene. So I want to play this just to also establish sort of what their tone is like. Okay. 55, 56 to 56, 58. I'm sorry about Sadie. Yeah, well, she obviously had some problems. People are saying that you and Chloe are the ones that found her. Is that true? Yeah. Then why doesn't Chloe seem more upset? I mean, wasn't Sadie her best friend, or is she really that cold? Meredith, really? Serious, Ash? I mean, you're obviously upset, but Chloe seems fine. Even after her boyfriend died, she seemed fine, and it's just... It's weird. It's all weird. Ever since you started going out with Darren, everything's changed. You've changed. I just want my best friend back. What's going on in here? Nothing. So that was Chloe breaking up the little powwow. I have to say the lighting in this scene was very different and Chloe looked very different to me all of a sudden. Yeah. Did you notice that? I I did. I feel like the makeup artist quit by this time. Probably. And also, I think this scene is also just a really great example of uh, if you've been listening to what we've been saying about how is it possible that Meredith and Ashley are friends like this is a great example of that. There's no way that this Ashley who has been doing all of this has ever been close friends with that girl, Meredith, because no. they, Meredith is down to earth. Yeah, she's grounded. Right. So. Kyle catches up with Ashley outside of school and he's like, I'm sorry about your friends, man. Listen, uh, if you ever want anyone to talk to, I'm here anytime. In fact, like I have a ticket tomorrow to the tech expo if you want. And uh, Ashley's like, you're using this as a chance to ask me out. And he's like, I just noticed you're going through a lot. I'm like trying to help. And she's like, "Ugh." and then Kyle is this like sinister look on his face. But I can't I can't see bad in Kyle. No. Uh, well, I just kept waiting for something to happen. I mean, I really thought, oh, he has to be the stalker, right? Right. And also, like, he doesn't have, like, this, like, nerdy incel persona. No. So, like, when that guy invites you to the tech expo, you're like, fuck yeah. Like, this guy's going to have weed. Like, we're going to smoke weed. We're going to, like, go look at some graphics. Like, 
what the hell is he doing at a tech expo? <laughs> I couldn't figure that out because nothing established. There was no establishment that she was nerdy or into tech and that he was also and that, hey, maybe they should be dating instead of her and Darren. They have way more in common. No, it feels more like his dad like runs maintenance for the tech expo and right. got free tickets. So Trevor and Karen are out at lunch and he wants to know if Ashley's agreed to talk to someone mm, yeah. like that. And Karen says no. And on that note, she really doesn't think that like, this is a great time for her to have a relationship. And of course the music here, this is an exercise in just confusing the fuck out of your audience with music. And Trevor says that, you know, if she thinks that something is going on with Ashley, she should make her business, her business, or she's going to regret it later. Right. Um, encouraging her to snoop. So Ashley's trying to decode who dare at five evils is, but she's not good uh, at Google, right? She's not getting anything. It's like kind of surprising. Cause like, even I know it's like this bad, this bad internet explorer version they're using on here, but like there's, Things that come up even for the most innocuous Google. You could Google your own password, your randomized uh, password. And there, it was really the fact that nothing came up for the stalker club was insane to me. She didn't even put it in quotes, right? So, um, fifty-nine twenty-five to one hour. Um, yeah, she's looking up stalker club at school now because she's um. You know, at home, she got a little FaceTime on her laptop right. Right. Um, stalker, which was such theater. It was so camp. It did not need to happen. Stalker was like really high on their own supply at that point. She's yeah. looking up stalker club on the school computers. And then uh, the science teacher, Miss Glinner or whatever, walks by the computers and notices 5925 to an Stalker club. What is that? It's nothing. Well, it doesn't sound like nothing. What is it? Some type of online group or? No, 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 no. Um, I, I thought it was just the name of a, a movie someone told me about, but it's not. Is everything okay with you, Ashley? Yeah, everything's fine. All right. Well, I'm off for the day, so try not to burn the candle, all right? Try not to burn the candle. That's not an expression. It's at both ends. You have to say at both ends. Right. She's just saying, like, don't sweat, period. I don't like how nosy this science teacher is being in this scene. I would have been like, are you reading? Are you like reading over my shoulder what I'm Googling on the school computer? Um, yeah, I mean, it's just, um, it's a little bit too, I think at the time I would have thought of that teacher is trying to be cool. Yeah. She's trying to get into the inner circle of Ashley and her friends. She's, she's crossing a boundary. But it also has that lifetime feel of like, we paid one teacher. We have all these other like people we have like one teacher we paid to basically be the adult liaison 
in most situations. She's the Mr. Feeney of this high school. Right. So um, Karen starts pilfering through Ashley's room and she's not finding anything until she finds the mask in her desk drawer. And this is deeply unsettling to her. So Ashley gets up to leave the library, meanwhile, back at the school, but she's locked in there. And the stalker is in there, too. And they do this, like, great series of chase scenes. Um, I'm not going to bother to, like, explain that to you. It it was so over the top. It was so over the top. The camera work in this was incredible. I will say that they did find exciting ways to do both library overdone and auditorium overdone. Yeah. By um, shooting them from unique angles and also, again, with Ashley's home video playing that was projected in the auditorium. Yeah. And she finally gets away from Stalker by um, like cl- like shutting a chain. I don't know, how would you describe it? Like a um, gated door, like a wrought iron. Again, how do they not? put the school on lockdown when this is happening. Clearly she, her and the stalker aren't the only ones left in that school. Right. Well, no one knows. Right. So she pulls the fire alarm and the cop interviewing her is like, well, sounds like a game. And one of your friends was messing with you. And she's like, well, why would they have a knife? And like, they have this minor out here alone doing this interview versus like when a murder happened and her mom had to be there. Right. Um, and she's like, well, then why would they have a knife? And the cop was like, well, I don't know. I mean, being stuck in school after hours, it can be scary. But we did a full sweep and there was no one in here. So it's probably just a prank. And Come she's on. like, no, it's it's not a prank. And he's like, well, I'll follow up with the names you gave me. So we find out she gave Chloe and Darren's names to the cops. So when she gets home, Karen wants to know where she's been. She's been looking for her for hours. And she's like, well, I got locked in the school. And she clocks the mask on the coffee table and she trails off. And she's like, where did you get that from? And Karen's like, it came from your room. I was worried about you. So I went through your shit. (laughs) And Ashley's like, listen, okay, I got this stupid text to do a stalker club. She breaks down. She tells her everything. And like, while Ashley's telling her everything, which I'll tell you as much as I can, Karen's basically has this look on her face where she's like, oh, um, none of this is new information. I just like don't know how you know about it. So she says it was supposed to be a game that got out of control. I didn't know who it was, but we got all these masks, so we went with it. But then Mark got sick and we tried to drop it, but it didn't stop. And then, you know, basically Sadie died and her mom corrects her and she's like, No, 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 honey, Sadie killed herself. And Ashley's like, No, it was the stalker. I saw the stalker in her house before we found her body. Now they're after me. And I was locked in the school and they had a knife and I told the police and they didn't take it seriously. So Darren now is at the door and Karen's like, um, I don't think she wants to talk to you. And Ashley's like, no, I'll talk to him. And she appears and is basically like, you know, my mom knows everything now. So if you have anything to say, say it in front of my mom and also tell the police um, someone tried to kill me at school tonight. What the fuck? Like, she's basically done. She's done, done. Yeah. And, um, you know, Darren's just not there yet. No, he, he's not. I, I, I don't understand 
the game isn't even fun. So far, there hasn't been any benefits to playing this game. No one's having fun. Right. It's not been like, oh, my God, that was sick. Like, there's no bonus to playing this game. Again, if this ended in some sort of like scholarship or like you could brag about this or you could put it on your resume or it would be like legend shit. That Or like- again, if the stalker had anything to blackmail them with. But there's no reason for them to even engage with this shit anymore. Like, fucking delete the text. Right, exactly. So Karen picks up the phone when she's alone inside and a man answers. And she's like, we need to talk. And he's like, I agree. So then we see Chloe talking to the police. 107.35 to 109.15. Hello? It's Karen. We all need to meet. I don't know what she's talking about. So you never partook in this game? No. I don't know anything about it, really. I mean, she was the one who brought it up. I thought it was really weird, but now it's kind of typical. What do you mean by that? A few years ago, Ashley's dad died. And ever since, she's been a bit off. Everyone knows it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for your time. I'll be in contact if I have any other questions. And in the meantime, be careful what you join on the internet. Crazy world out there. Yes, it is. Thanks for coming. Oh, no. Thank you very much for your cooperation. And again, give me a call if anything comes up. I will. Thanks. Why are you lying? I'm not. Yes, you are. Ashley wouldn't have come up with something like that. Well, I didn't come up with it. Yeah, who did? You. What are you talking about? One of your drunken rants. You went on and on about this stalker club game that you played when you were a kid. Now it ruined everything. What else did I say? Nothing. Don't lie to me. That's all I heard, I swear. It wasn't me, Mom. I didn't start it. So who was it? This Darren kid? I don't know, but we all swore that we would stop. That the game was over. I guess it's not. Uh Uh-oh. Oh, God. I mean, I learned it from you, Dad. That's what this movie comes down to. Uh, Right. I learned it from watching you. That's the energy of this. (sighs) I mean, it just doesn't explain Chloe's issues. No, it doesn't. Um, (laughs) I'm sorry. I just find that just the fact that like these parents all ended up staying in their same hometown and then they all had kids and all their kids are the exact same age and they all were in the same friend group is insane to me. Oh, no, it's nightmare fuel. Like this is definitely like what people warn you about when being from and coming from a small town. It's just like so improbable, like not like every single one of their friends, they all um, every single one of their kids, they all hang out together and they're all in the stalker club. But they also all do their own thing. Like all of these adults also all do their own thing. Yeah. Like the adults aren't friends anymore. So Ashley's at school and Kyle is like following closely behind her and she turns around. She's like, are you following me? 
where were you yesterday after school? Can you prove you were at the tech expo? And he like shows her this selfie and it's like literally a picture of him like in front of a sign that says tech expo. Like it's like the worst clip art. Like I honestly am like, Kyle, I wish I was with you at the tech expo, babe. (laughs) First of all, who takes a selfie in front of that? I'm sure there was way cooler shit there. He could have taken a selfie. No, but like the kind of guy that takes a picture in front of that is the kind of guy you want to wind up with. Because they're not vain. They're yeah, not vain and also not like opportunistic. Like he's just like, I'm having fun at the tech expo. Here's a sign that shows that I'm at the tech expo. Like, I don't need to show you what I saw. Like Kyle is very down to earth. So down to earth. He's like a dad that like earnestly posts photos of his like motorcycle parts on Instagram. For sure. Chloe confronts Alexis and calls her a bitch. And she told the cops that it was all her fault. And Alexis, I wrote in my notes, (laughs) Ashley. Um, By the way, I've been doing that. Sophie, Um, I've been doing that this whole movie. I've been doing that a lot lately. And I actually kind of like it about myself. So. Uh, I noticed that some of you guys like it too. Uh, please chime in if you want me to learn the names of the characters. Okay, so the science teacher comes up uh, while Chloe and uh, Alexis, Asher, are having this confrontation. And she's like, don't forget you have detention again after school. And Chloe's like, whatever. She's so cunty to this teacher. It's unbelievable. And Ashley's like, wait, you were at school late yesterday? And Chloe's like, yeah. You know, you can't keep blaming me for this, okay? You're a head case. No one will believe you. But if you get any more bright ideas, I'll bury you. <laughs> what does Chloe wow. care? Right. Like, how is she going to bury her? What did she her? do? You're right. She has yeah. no clout in this town. She, she's, what is the fuck is she going to do to her? Post about it on Facebook? Right. Exactly. Like there's Chloe, like sadly, Chloe has not been working on like networking enough. No, she should have like at least 100K on Instagram. She's going nowhere. So Ashley vents to Meredith, who reminds her that Chloe has always been a bitch. Like since they were kids, she would put worms in their lunches and they would she would lock them in sheds. She put a beehive in their fort, and then Ashley realizes, oh, my God, bees. So Ashley's venting to Meredith, who reminds her that Chloe has been a bitch since they were little kids. She would put worms in their lunches. She would lock them in sheds. She was putting beehives in their forts. And Ashley realizes, oh, my God, bees like she's okay. Now we've got some evidence. Chloe's a bee person. So um, Ashley tells her, you know, it's a long story. But if you're free tonight, we can meet up and finally bring Chloe down. And Meredith's like, yeah, of course, I'm free. Um, I was surprised Meredith didn't need permission to leave the house, to be honest. Right. Um, Chloe sounds like, why would you ever hang out with this person who committed all these like terrorist acts throughout your whole childhood like that that's psychotic right I mean like it's weird that like Darren digmatized her to this extent like in a weird way I feel like Karen needs to be paying more attention to the fact that like Ashley's dad died and then like while while she was becoming a young woman right like over probably, you know, 
14, 15, her dad dies. Now she's 16, 17, dating this guy, Darren, who's brought her in with all these new friends. She was probably in such a state of grief that she didn't even like realize life was changing so quickly around her. Right. She's and not then, paying attention to the people her daughter's hanging out with who clearly suck. Right. And yeah, she's completely lost perspective. So uh, Karen's going to meet up with her old high school clique. Um, guys, just in case it's not clear, uh, Sadie's father is here as well as both of Mark's parents and Chloe's mom. Okay. So this- that, that implies that this friend group, there was marriage within this friend group, marriage within this friend group. And then not just that, but like, yeah. Cause like it, it implies that like Sadie's dad is married to some random And it implies that like, yeah, like for the most part, married to randoms, but then two of them married. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about all this. Like, what do you mean? Like these parents are okay. What you're about to hear are parents whose children have died within the last week. I think that's a good way to phrase this. 111.26 to 113.18. We have to tell the truth. It was 30 years ago, Karen. It's done. It's not, Anna, and you know it. I mean, my daughter just got chased through the school last night. How do you know that had anything to do with what we did? You think the masks are just coincidental? Oh, my God. Luke, look what happened to your daughter. Karen, stop. Those masks could be in any dollar store in any state. You're being an alarmist just like you were back then. Really? Really. Well, obviously, if you'd all listened to me and not started the club in the first place, nothing would have happened. You played the game, too. Yeah. No, I didn't. And I told Anna I wasn't going to play. Yet she told all of you that I was so I could continue to be stalked, which is her idea of having fun. Like it was her idea to go too far with the stalking. What happened to Teresa was an accident. Then you should have told the cops. We were teenagers. And I don't know about you, but I was scared to say anything. So was I. Well, someone in this room was there the night Teresa died. So someone in this room knows what really happened. How are we still talking about this 30 years later? And how did our kids find out about it? I mean, we were the ones that made it up. And we swore never to tell anyone. Maybe someone did tell. Okay, well, it doesn't matter how they found out. What matters is that we finally do the right thing and tell the police so they take what's happening to our kids seriously. I mean, Linda has lost Mark. Luke lost Sadie. And I already lost my husband. And I'm telling you right now, I am not losing my daughter. All right, everybody. Let's sleep on it. We can make a decision tomorrow, okay? Okay, so wait, I don't think the guy next to Linda has a kid in the game that I'm sure. Because it did seem like there were way more parents than kids. So, yeah, like there was one extra guy that may or may not be Mark's father and would make sense. But so like Luke has like angry closeted vibes. For like, sure. Almost like he can't even process or like understand the gravity of his daughter's death because like he's mourning so actively mourning a life that he should have been living. Yes. I think he's like, why am I here at this emergency 
PTA meeting discussing a game that we played as kids 30 years ago. Right. Not like, oh, my daughter was found 48 hours ago. Yeah. And then Mark's mom is there. And it's like the weirdest part is I'm like, you guys are so caught up on the fact that like, I mean, no one's dying to solve this case. Right. Of this one girl that died, like as awful as it is, there's a total reason why she passed away. That makes sense. It technically is the reason why she passed away. There was contributing factors like uh, unclear. So the group breaks up for the night and Chloe's at home in the kitchen and she's helping herself to some of her mom's wine. And I love this little detail about Chloe. Right. Finally, we see a teenager doing something normal. She's dipping into mommy's wine. And I love what I love about the uh, relationship there is that, you know, Chloe's not afraid to take from the wine in the fridge because like, what's her mom going to say to her? Right. The mom's too drunk to realize that she might have drank the wine. Yeah. Or if she's like, she's like, yeah, mom, I'm fucking wasted. What's up, bitch? So um, yeah, Meredith and Ashley are in Ashley's car out front of Chloe's place. And she's basically directing Meredith to call Chloe and say that she's having a breakdown and is threatening to tell the cops everything. And then, um, you know, basically that's going to make Chloe have the type of freak out that Ashley can get on video that will be incriminating. So Chloe's, you know, drinking her red wine, looking at some old pics of her and Mark, which I thought was interesting because I didn't understand like how Chloe processed anything. But then when I saw she's the kind of girl that looks at old photos, then I realized like, oh, she's okay. I understand how her mind works, I think. Well, this was a shocking moment. Uh, The mom, we learned that Chloe is the Chloe found out about the stalker club originally from her mom because her mom blabbed to her that while she was drunk about the stalker club. Yeah, we knew that. Yeah, she she outed her after the police were there. She's like, Mom, you're drunk. You told me. Yeah. Okay. so Chloe is cleaning up the kitchen in a little bit when her phone rings and Ashley is the perfect eyeline to get the video of her. And Chloe gets this call from her mom, blaming her for everything. And she starts freaking out. And she's like, it's your fault, mom. It's your fault. I know about this in the first place. If it wasn't for you, my boyfriend would still be alive. And as she's getting all of this on film, when the real stalker comes up behind Chloe and cuts her throat and Ashley screams and, uh, you know, it's shocking. Yes. Uh, And the stalker clocks her outside. So Ashley drops her phone, which, by the way, I've been meaning to talk about this the whole movie. Ashley has the phone case of a um, 40. Yeah, this is a Mormon audience. This is for a Mormon mom who shops at TJ Maxx Mm -hmm. and wants to get like a flirty phone case. So she gets like a Kate Spade cover. That's not just a cover. It's like a whole wallet. Right. And this is like the the idea that a 15 year old girl is using this is insane. Right. Right. Who did props? Right. It's like, uh, I know, I think I know why, but like, also, I don't know why it's it's um. this is the very confusing part of this movie because it is high budget in so many ways. Yeah. So 
Um, yeah, Ashley drops her phone. She runs out front to find Meredith. Meredith's not there. So Ashley just gets in the car and drives off. And when she gets home, Darren comes in basically right on her heels. And he's like, I'm sorry, I lied to the police. And Ashley's like, no, no, no. I know it's you. This is like very much her moment where she's like, back off. I know it's you. You killed Chloe and Mark and Sadie. And he denies it. But she's like, no, I have it on video. Stop lying. Get out. I don't get why she thinks she doesn't have that on video. She just has Chloe running her mouth, but she doesn't have evidence that he was the stalker on video. No, but she doesn't have like a frontal lobe. So she's like running off the energy of like five people know about this. Right. So, um, you know, she doesn't know that her own fucking mom has already been holding a meeting, a town meeting to discuss this. So, right. You know, Darren's too proud to be. Uh, accused of murder so he leaves but the second she shuts the door she hears him scream for his immediately life. i laughed i burst out laughing at this part because it was like immediate it she- was yeah it made him sound like a bitch yeah <laughs> he's screaming bloody murder it's like okay darren's dead he just got fucking murdered by the stalker and now don't you feel bad ashley because you just accused him of being the stalker But again, it's like this weird comedic timing they're playing with, right? Because like the way it happened, there's no way you can interpret that except like, oh, he went out like a bitch. And I hate to say it in such a derogatory manner, but I know that's what the implication was. Yeah, it was like pretty severe. They're going for the audience like, woo. So Ashley's mom is just coming home as Ashley's sprinting out of the house for help. And she tells her that Darren is dead somewhere on the property. Karen tells her, go inside, lock the door behind you, call the cops. So Ashley goes in and she's doing this like, you know, it's it's a little dated now already, but she's like struggling to put the batteries back into the phone. Um And she's like going back and forth doing this forever. Of course, the stalker is like slowly creeping up behind her. Then Karen finds Darren like dead on the side of the property almost, but like not enough. So she comes down there. It feels like she's like going to bring him like goldfish or something. The way that she comes tend to his side. Like, I'm like, girl, you don't really need to go down there to like examine things like just help call the police. So he's like, no, you have to go back up there. She's with the stalker it's not even clear what part of darren is injured at this point no not at all not at all so back inside um ashley is pinned down on the floor by stalker i feel like the stalker stabs her like three times in the stomach (laughs) and like she like i feel like the stalker gave her like a good slashing that would have killed her or incapacitated her way more than just like crawling on the floor who ashley she hasn't stabbed ashley at all yet she got darren a few time in the guts i doesn't she stab ashley at some point i don't maybe she or no 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 they did like a oh you thought you got me type of thing where she was like bobbing and weaving like crazy okay. Yeah, no, that that looked sketchy. I thought, oh, God, she got her in the guts. It sounded like that. They did a lot of like, but she's not ultimately like she's not bleeding. And also Darren is like uh, practically. Darren's alive. Darren like had sprained his ankle. 
Right. Right. I guess ultimately it is like down to an ankle sprain for him, but like you probably did almost die. Um, okay. So here, this is right before Karen has made it inside. Stalker has pinned Ashley uh, to the floor. This is a fascinating reveal. 120 to 123.30. Please. I don't want to play anymore. Neither did my sister. Congratulations, Ashley. You win the game. Why are you doing this? Because 30 years ago, your mother and all her friends got together and formed a clique called the Stalker Club. I found out about it two years ago, after my parents sold the house. I was helping to pack up my sister's things, and I found it. It was just an old school journal, but it was all there. The rules of the game. The pack not to tell anyone. And the torment she was going through. It all made sense then. The late night phone calls. Hello? Jumpiness? Teresa. What's wrong? The notes that she would crumple up and hide, and the fact that she started sleeping with the light on. And the mask. I caught them all wearing. All leading up until the day we found her. The police, they said it was an accident. That she tripped on her shoes and fell down the stairs. But I know the truth. It was them. They killed her. So now I'm taking from them what they took from me. The ones they love the most. Get the hell off my daughter. You take one more step and I am going to slice her throat. Beth, listen to me. I'm sorry. I told them not to play the game, but they wouldn't listen. You're a liar. It was you, too. You were one of them. Beth, once I realized how horrible the game was, I told Anna I didn't want to play, but she wouldn't listen to me. And when your sister fell down the stairs because Anna took the game too far, I told them. We had to tell the police, but they all told me that we would go to jail. But I'm sorry. I was scared. I was 17. When you took her away from me, do you know how that feels? Please, Beth. It's been 30 years. Don't you think it's time to end the game? Please give me the knife. You know the rules. Once you join the Stalker Club, you can never leave. I mean, unbelievable reveal. I screamed. I I really did not believe it was Mrs. Glinner. I just thought she was an annoying side character who was there to be like the overly protective 
sensitive teacher. They got me. I, they look lifetime. You got me. I admit it. I know I've said many times before on my own podcast that I'm a dumb bitch, but I truly felt like a dumb bitch in this moment being had by lifetime. No, it's like those rare moments where they actually get you on the masked singer and you're like, oh my God. Um, Cause like she also took off her mask and it took me a moment. I was like, yeah. who is that little boy? And I was like, oh shit, it's the teacher. Yeah, with her choppy Meg Ryan haircut. So, I mean, ultimately there's a bunch of fight choreography. None of it really matters, except that you should know the person who gets the final knife in is Miss Meredith, who has snuck up behind everyone. She jumped into the house, found the knife on the floor, stabbed the teacher in the back, and they all sort of watch her die as she whispers her final words to herself. She was my sister. Amazing. That's sad, dude. It was really sad. This is like pain she's been holding on to for 30 years. Well, the worst part of it is that it's like, it's one of those things that like, if someone were to tell you socially. Yeah. Like a lot of it seems like, especially when she says like, oh, I saw you once all wearing those masks. And the way they had it play out was that like the group of them were sitting on the bed and simultaneously they turned back to her in this menacing way. And it really makes you realize like through the eyes of a child, like what's possible, like the things we dismiss because like they did definitely, I mean, in order to justify this in any way, the teacher's obviously not so, but in order to justify this in any way, they tried their best to make it seem like something she was really emotionally scarred by um, and stepped that up in the reenactments. But it just was, uh, yeah, I mean, um, it's sad, dude. Yeah. Coincidentally, thankfully, she became a teacher because like that's the <laughs> other thing, too. Right. Like, I wish that that had driven her a more of a life's purpose track. That, that would have made more sense. That would have added a creepier element. Like, but I guess she didn't have that. She didn't discover it until she was an adult. Well, one thing they could have done was if she was some sort of like all the students really respected her because she was some sort of like expert who stepped down to come home and teach because people do that. So maybe she like used to work for NASA and now she stepped down to teach her at the local school because she just like wanted to get back to where she was from. Right. That, that would have been, been an interesting, that would have been an interesting long con. And I think it would have worked with the timeline better because um, in that case, like, you know, she was home two years ago cleaning up her parents' house when they sold it. Right. Like that, that could have tied in with Ashley's dad dying. There could have been something there. Maybe she was, maybe Ashley's dad was the first one to go. She just ran him off the road. I would have loved that. See, I would have loved that. Or she was having, or maybe the affair. She was having an affair with Ashley's dad. I would have liked a little bow there. So that's definitely what I was thinking. I was thinking like, oh God, it would have made so much sense if Teresa was fucking her dad. And I don't know why I just, I think I wrote this teacher off as I was like, oh, she never explored her sexuality because she was so busy avenging the murder of her sister. But that also doesn't make sense. She does feel like an undeveloped human. Yeah, because 
But I think the reason it was so shocking is because it came out of such fucking left field because there was just nothing about her tying her to these kids at all, except that she was their teacher and they all had the same teacher and they were all like, that doesn't happen. You're not, you don't have like that, like a class with your entire core group of friends. Well, so like in the vein of Scream, I think it felt very much like the Scream, I think three reveal which was um jackie from roseanne right played the mom of skeet ulrich and so like that was iconic because it was just so like we were so used to these villains being like these kind of like hunky dudes right and then all of a sudden it's like this middle-aged woman that's shocking um right But yeah, no, I mean, okay, so then we cut to, we do a little, like, awful scene, these little lifetime things where Ashley and Darren are in the backyard, and she's, like, basically, like, assisting him. She's his caretaker, assisting him to this table, and, um, because he can barely walk. He's just nearly been killed, and so he tells her, you know, the stalker club is all over social media and the internet. It's actually an international phenomenon now. Um, for no reason, for no reason. I don't even for think no that, reason. It's not a fun game. There's no point to it. It's not even like something that's tied with social media. Like once you figure out who the stalker is, you post it on social media and you get like a hundred thousand Instagram followers. Well, There's like no the point. the only bad thing is that it does have that like slender man quality to it, where it's like people like like pregnancy packs, right? It was a bad idea. It happened the first time. And then people, you know, you know, there's always people that are like, oh, that can really severely harm you. I'll try that. Yeah, (laughs) totally. I mean, kids are stupid. Yeah, but like, I don't know. I mean, I guess, yeah, it's a new challenge. Hashtag stalker club challenge. So um, Trevor right. comes out. They have this like cute little dynamic about how who can make a best burger, blah, blah, blah. And Ashley's like, I'll go inside and get the buns. So she goes inside to get this plate full of buns. And in her Kate Spade mom phone case wallet, she sees she has a text that says you can never leave Stalker Club. And then she screams directly into camera. And then we get looks the at us. Yep, yeah, into our soul. Um, you know, this was like a this was a fun movie. I'm not mad at it. This was a really breezy movie to watch. Like, I'm definitely at the end of a long run of doing a bunch of movies in a row, and this was a really different tempo for Lifetime. Um, really, I agree. Bad. When I saw the, I agree. When I saw the premise of it, I'm like, okay, that sounds pretty Lifetime ish. But then when we watched it, I had no idea. I didn't know Lifetime made horror movies. No, this actually felt almost like ABC Family. Yeah, it was like an ABC Family slasher. Yeah, that like got acquired by the movie network or the club or whatever. That happens a lot. And like it definitely because it has this like young, hot people feeling to it where if you're like young enough, you're going to forgive these people no matter what. Right. And even Kyle was too hot for this to be a Lifetime movie. Like the fact that Kyle was hot is a is a good giveaway that this was made with ulterior motives. Let me see if there's any sort of um, info about that. Do you have, do you have information about Kyle's like Instagram? Is he on social media? Let me look him up. Okay. Dash Dobrovsky. Let's look him up. 
I am concerned that he doesn't have a um, photo on here. That's not promising. Uh, that is weird that he's not on IMDb with a picture. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are on IMDb for the dumbest things. Myself included. So it appears that the person on here under his name is at Dash's Babe also on Twitter. So this seems to be like a fan account. Wow. He has fans? Yeah. Besides you, I mean. I mean, he's quite he's worked quite a bit. I mean, he right. did. Um, Yeah, he's done. Let me see. He was on Modern Family, Children's Hospital, Bones, Enough About Jack, Awesomeness TV. Mr. Student Body President. I don't know what that is, but that sounds like something that would get you a fan account. Um, yeah. And then let me see if there's any like technical information on this. Okay. Um, also known as the hunted. That makes more sense. The hunted. That's, That's what they called this movie. Yeah. That was another okay. alternative title. Uh, million dollar budget. Insane. Wow. Currently on Netflix UK is the only trivia. I mean, listen, this movie does pretty well on it has a, a 5.0, which like is not bad for a movie of this breed. If this was a straight up lifetime, which I don't think it is, I think this might have some other extra help to it. I think it was acquired by Lifetime. Well, that's how I think all of them are. Yeah, the reviews on Amazon, they didn't seem that terrible. Yeah, I'm looking at um the other actors in it. Did you recognize anyone? I didn't. Everyone looked like, I, I mean, they were like pretty enough that maybe they were in other stuff. I'm not sure. Yeah, Maeve Quinlan, who played Karen, has been on a bunch of stuff. But yeah, dude, Rachel, um, how are you doing otherwise? What's going on with uh Hollywood uh, crime scene? It's great. I mean, we're just really busy, you know, working a lot, uh, putting out two shows a week, not including the Patreon content. So um, it's going good. We're having a good time. How's uh, how's Mother May I Sleep With podcast going? Yeah, we're killing it, dude. It's it's good. Um, things are going really well. I've uh, you know, we're doing three and a half hours almost every week. So it's a lot. It's a um, lot. I but. I'm a big fan of your show thank always, you. and I suggest everyone go check it out. Um, you guys, uh, thank you so much for listening. Rachel, everything that she has and wants to share will be in the description of this podcast. So much for listening. I apologize if things were a little rough this episode. Again, I will totally own that I am a little bit exhausted, but this was super fun. I can't recommend this yes. movie enough. And Rachel, you're a queen for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I love coming on your show always. All right. We'll talk soon. Bye, guys. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues. 
And it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.